0: This is Jonathan Hickman, and you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics.
1: Alright.
2: <laughs> yeah, i will just go with that one. Fuck it. We'll keep it. I'm all hunched over. I don't know, I'm sitting weird. It's, it's, something's off. Jesus <laughs> it is man I don't know what the fuck it is I just I'm, I'm not loving this week that's all it is.
3: well all that's in your head my friend oh of course it is of pull course. it out <laughs> if it's in there then you can pull it out very easy to do I should be Dr. Leo Biscaglia I should be the self-help guru for the comics people just stop that's what I would say <laughs> just stop there you go blah, blah 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 no just stop Just, just stop doing what you're doing well, wow, that's not very good advice. It is what it is.
2: You are such a... school. <laughs> cool for this. It's great. Yeah,
3: I got a G in my name. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, everybody. 11 O'Clock Comics, episode
2: 643. Yep, yep and I'm Vince B. You are Vince B, uh, As as... Yeah, yeah, I'm David A. Price. Merry fucking Christmas to everybody. Uh,
1: Yes, you are, in fact, David A. Price. And I am ever so happy to be Mr. Burr Lives. You're not Burr Lives. And why
3: does it always have to come back to Christmas? Because it's December 17th. It's the season, bruh. You're not Burr Lives. Silver and gold. You're not. You're Jason Wood. That's the only thing you're going to hear from me regarding the holiday. And because it's the holiday, you got to have a little bit of extra money, right? These people are going to give you stuff. Well, where are you going to spend it? Try and spend it at Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. Here's the list of specials.
2: It's on your
3: head. It is. Here's the list of specials. Write them down. From IDW, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Jenica, number one of three. It's $2.49. Archie meets the B-52s, Dan Parent, $1.99. And from Dark Horse, it's the Hidden Society, number one of four, $1.99. The trend is all those I just mentioned are 50% off the cover price. So go and see how much you're going to save. DCBService.com. Bada boom.
2: Bada, bada boom. Yeah.
3: There you go. It's a cold one today.
2: <laughs> you're telling
3: me. It's cold.
2: It's kind of icy out there this morning.
3: Yeah, well, I, that's postponed. Well, I wasn't really going to go today because we had made plans and everything. But the uh, we meaning us. But the the wife was going to go pick up Mia. And the uh, the ice kind of screwed the pooch on that. So yeah. I will be sticking to the plan and going tomorrow to to pick okay, her up. Okay, I was going to say. Yeah, that's how it works. Good plan. So what are we drinking? What are you asking? Um. Well, in general, I could tell you what I'm drinking. Why don't you start with yourself? I don't know if this is sacrilege, but I looked um on the rack here and I saw Fair that... White i saw that i had some maker's mark left wow yeah there was about two fingers of maker's mark in the bottle so i said oh i have this coke zero here that i was going to drink so i mixed the coke zero with the maker's mark and that's what i'm drinking
2: what hell is, is,
3: it? is that sacrilege no you it,
2: drink what you like is, is oh, it tastes all
3: right you? to me okay yeah and it'll at least give me a spark
2: right yeah, probably. Maker's but Mark's really pretty tasty. tasty. It is, it is, it is. I, I like the, um, I like the Maker's Forty Six. I'll have it sometimes when I when I I'll have the Maker's Mark when I go to the pub from time to time. But I don't, um, I don't always have it in the house. But I like the Maker's Forty Six, which is um, made slightly differently. But yeah that's good i i i have i've started um i've been enjoying um taking a little bit of Captain Morgan and some ginger ale and it tastes exactly like a cream soda
3: hmm. neat
2: if you like cream soda, but yeah, but what are you drinking Jason?
1: well, it is the season, so I wanted to um Lift you guys up. Put smiles on your faces. So I'm not drinking seltzer, I'm not drinking water, not drinking anything else that I might drink that disappoints you. I am drinking a freshly opened Wamba Big Bottle of Chimay Grand Reserve.
2: Oh. Nice. Well I have to um thank you, Jason, because uh I am Enjoying my very first order from Wine Text.
1: Oh look at
2: you. And this is extremely easy to drink. Um it's uh I ordered a couple of bottles of it and actually and, and it's funnily enough, I made my second order with today's offering. And what's awesome, although it won't mm-hmm. be necessary, um for this next order but um because it's an alcoholic package uh it's a package that contains alcohol you need an adult to sign for it um and since they love delivering when no one's home the walgreens down the block can accept fedex packages so now i can just i don't have to worry i can actually because that was my big concern when you told me about it and i was like well i don't know how often i'll order blah blah, blah. anyway long story short hopefully i can get them um i could just pick them up down the street no worse for wear but this is five friends cabernet shiraz from uh australia and it is fantastic all right i I absolutely love
1: it shout out to gary
2: v yes yeah i was watching some of his clips on instagram today is that the coolest cooler guy Fuck no. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Why? <laughs> Why? That was just...
3: There's I my... Wait. wait. I'm,
2: out. No, I'm out.
3: No, back up. There's a... my holiday gift right there. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the best. Can wow. I do that
2: again? It was evil. No, just evil. No, just replay it. Just just save it. Just that, That's your ringtone. It was so
3: easy. My goodness. I didn't even have to work. It, it's a hollow victory because I didn't really have to work at it. Yeah, so I'm gonna back it's a up. Dick always a dick. It's true. With well, the mere mention. Wow, that's bad. But anyway, so do you folks have any thank yous before we uh,
1: try and do some comic talk here? I don't think I do. I mean, I have. I got my um, holiday gift exchange package from my my giver, Mister. Uh, David Milburn, but I haven't opened it yet because we still have more than a week until Christmas. Nice. So next show we do, uh, probably shout him out for whatever's in there. Nice. Um, and no, I don't. Um, I don't think I do. I, there, there may be some. I have a shit ton of packages sitting downstairs that I have to I go did, through. I did.
2: I um, I did. I mean, it's it's got my um Christmas card from Mr. Rod Hedrick. But um, what was nice oh, about yes, it? That's true. That um. He threw a little something in there and that was the uh the Krakoa seeds that uh the the promotional giveaway that uh, they gave out with the uh, House and Powers during the summer or during the fall. Oh cool.
3: That is neat. Jason, did you get your um Mutant World hardcover?
1: Uh I don't know. I mean I didn't get my is it would be in this box this one's? no did you back no, it it's kickstarter
2: kickstarter oh 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 um and
1: no i didn't back that oh my god <laughs> sorry i didn't i don't even know you i don't even think i know what you're talking about wow
3: so uh, david are you 100 percent sure on the
2: pronunciation there how do you pronounce it i've sure. always I, what is it i've i've I believe because I, I think that's how it was pronounced in anything goes or um no, I think he did an interview. Uh he wrote something in the comics journal and it's a Kevin Nolan cover with a bunch of Marvel heroes, and it's kind of like why he left Marvel or something like that. But I believe it was pronounced he spelled it as if it's um S T R U H N A D or N U D Stranad. That's like like strenod, yeah. Wow. Like, like not Stranod, but yeah, I it's it was I've always so I just I hear it, I very rarely say it, but I generally hear it huh. as strength. So Yeah. Um but yeah. I always thought it was like strand or, or you know, it was just My grandfather like, like used to call me Stonad. You know what that means? Right.
3: Yes, Dumb, idiot. dumbass idiot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: So, hey, brings how back. Did you, how did you pronounce it? Yeah. Or, I mean, how have
3: you been? Pronouncing I've it? always pronounced it Sternad, but that's just i fuck up everything. Yeah, that's, yeah. No,
2: that, that, that's probably what it is. I, I don't. I mean, when you say it quickly, or, or or just when you're not drawing it out, that that's probably a lot closer than what it than what it should be. It's just like when I first saw John Byrne's name, I didn't know it was actually pronounced Byrne. What did you think it was, Byrne? yeah yeah kind of like byron i mean it's been so long now but i it, i mean now it is burn obviously but yeah i mean it just it it took me a second when when someone said when someone actually said aloud his name i was like what the fuck he's talking about and when and then i just you know oh the guy who's doing fantastic four Dur. dirt so yeah. um but yeah well long
3: story short the uh richard corbin uh
1: is it jan or is it jan I think it's Jan. All right. See, uh, I, can't, it, I mean, it, it would be Jan in most occasions, but... But
3: I, judging by the last name, I'm going to go with Jan, right? So uh, Jan Stranod and Richard Corbin's Mutant World uh, Kickstarter shipped, and there's been a rocky road for this book. It originally started at Warren, and then it was at Fantagore, and then... Uh, the the original um, chapters were in color, and then the later chapters at Fantagor were in black and white, and the original art was all sold for the, the original Mutant World. So for the Kickstarter, they had a shoot from the original um, trade paperback collection, which was good enough, I guess. But the main draw of this Kickstarter was Son of Mutant World was going to be colored. Uh, for the very first time, which is, uh, an amazing thing. But when the coloring, um, when you're talking Corbin and you're coloring a Corbin work, you better be sure you're on the money. And I, I think it, it pretty much is. Um, I read the entire thing. I revisited the first part, which is basically, uh, n- neither of you have ever read Mutant World? No. It's it's basically uh, – it started off with Richard Corbin doing the first two installments himself. He wrote it, and then uh, he's like he, – he put some feelers out. He said, I, I need some help here. Um, I'm, I'm not thinking clearly. I can't come up with anything. Any of my writer friends out there can help me with this. And Strinod raised his hand. Over here. I'll help you, Mr. Corbin. Like who doesn't want to work with Richard Corbin? But even back then. So the, the story is, it's not a very complex or very super inventive storyline. It's, uh, a post apocalyptic future where, uh, a little sequestered group of, uh, eggheads are trying to save humanity by tweaking the human genome to survive in this new post apocalyptic land. And, um, it's basically Demento, who is one of Corbin's uh, tongue-in-cheek heroes, bald, burly, well-hung. I mean, that's the, the cookie-cutter Corbin hero. Uh, in this case, Demento is not all that smart. Well, neither was Den, but he wasn't borderline special needs. Demento's pretty much special needs. and um, his, The majority of his day is wandering the landscape looking for food. And being attacked by other things looking for food, and in um, special cases, being bilked or trying someone trying to bilk him for his food. There's a character in it called Bugs, who although he doesn't look much like him, it's very much Bugs Bunny. He he enters the scene. He comes up with a cockamamie plan to get uh, Demento to hand over his food, usually an apple, and. He usually wins out until the, the last chapter. But it's, uh, there, there's an introduction of a, a very buxom, um, woman, of course, modeled after Corbin's muse, Karen Gilbertson. And, um, Demento tries to save her from these ne'er do wells, and these ne'er do wells beat the crap out of her, and she's near death. And that's when the whole, um, underground enclave of scientists comes in turns out that the woman is a clone and she has another another copy of her uh has a child with Demento and that's who is in son of mutant world Haha! Ha, it's not his son it's his daughter that's why Corbin <laughs> called it son of mutant world because it's actually Demento's daughter dementia and she and her uh grizz which is short for grizzly bear uh ollie it's their adventures and demento uh passes away within the first couple pages of the uh the sequel and then we're left with um dementia's adventures and i it's richard corbin so anything i say after those two words is going to be irrelevant right it's it's richard corbin one of the best sequential artists of all time rivaling the the best of the best. I mean, the guy's got an uncanny knack for uh, human anatomy, uh, color composition. Uh, he's weird too, which helps a lot. Uh, Corbin. The, the one thing that I discovered early on uh, that attracted me to Corbin was the fact that he hand lettered all of his uh, sound effects right on the right on the art. Like he didn't give them to say John Workman or someone else who was far more adept. At hand lettering, Corbin would just do it one, two, three, like pow, and ragged, gritty, nasty lettering that you would see some kid scrawl on the side of a of the locker in the in a high school. That was good enough for Corbin, and then that became something that I latched onto, to see this subpar hand lettering over this beautiful artwork that would be very much at home hanging in any um you know gallery it's just it spoke to me it said that corbin's not all that precious about his work i mean yes after the fact i realized that he is precious about the color side of it and the drawing side of it but the lettering side of it not so much like corbin just threw down and i was like all right this guy this guy's very complex but he's he's all right by me so there began that love affair i had with corbin but i went into this thinking jason got it but i guess i was bamboozled I didn't. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, man. Sorry, I, I don't even remember. Bed. Yeah, I don't remember seeing it. But it is a hardcover, uh, um, yes. um, uh, with uh, sewn, sewn signatures. I, I, can't. The paper that they used is is very good, but it's a tad. I don't want to say it, it's a tad too thin, but it's thinner than I would like it to be. But it is a beautiful hardcover. So, I mean, you get what you get, and it has a dust jacket and everything. Well worth oh. the price of the, the admission for Kickstarter. I are, I had um, Mutant World, uh, the original appearances of it. I had the trade paperback collection. I had all the singles for Son of Mutant World, and I still bought this bitch. That's how well, much I love I mean, Corbin.
2: It, right? It it is Corbin. I mean, and it it would have to be someone like Corbin that would get you to back something on Kickstarter because this yeah. But there's one thing
3: you. that le- left me scratching my head now. Yeah you're an independent um comic book creator and you do a kickstarter and it's successful, right? And you have all these books published, most of which were purchased for probably 75 80 bucks and upwards. There was a a thing where you can get a print for I think 200 bucks in with the book and there was other little bells and whistles. But so you, you're you in the advantageous position of having sold X amount of $75, $80 hardcovers. Why wouldn't you just sign them? Mm. Why? Mm-hmm. Does it take that long to write Richard Corbin? I mean, I've been dying for the dude's signature my entire life. I have nothing. Is that right? Yes, I have nothing
1: signed by him. I'll file that away in the mental rolodex. Yeah, but, yeah,
3: but I was not about to pay $200 for it. I mean, yeah, I I pay. I was glad to pay eighty to get the hardcover, but I didn't really care for another print. Like, what am I gonna do with a Corbin piece of paper? Right. You know, if it was a Corbin original, hell yeah. But not a. I don't want a print, even though it was signed, whatever. But I'm just mm-hmm. thinking, okay, why couldn't you just slap your name in there? Thanks a lot for buying my book. That's been published. Many times in the past, albeit not the second half, which is recolored. That's a that's a gift. We and we accepted it. We love you for it, but we basically bought something that we bought before, because you're who you are. Sign your damn name in the book, please. That's all.
2: Um. So on Facebook, in all caps, under name pronunciation, hmm. it's J A N and then s t r u h hyphen lowercase n a h d so, so it's straw nod yeah
3: yeah As you know Jan- whose name i figure i i found out how to say that man who worked on the uh d n agents remember his first name is
2: will yeah you know how you say his, pronounce his last name um yeah, I'm gonna butcher it. I mean it it looks like it's spelled like um uh mujo. It's minio. Is it minio? That's Mineo. awesome.
3: Minio. Yeah, because he, he did the phonetic thing. For those of you who don't know me, this is how you say it. It's a it's a weird looking word. I understand that, but you pronounce it minio. I used to say mujino too, but it's minio. Which is cool, because I like to learn how to say things the right way, that way you don't sound like a dumbass. As I frequently do. (laughs) (laughs) So should we go get our little buddy?
1: Our little buddy?
3: Yeah, our little buddy's coming to talk with us this week. (laughs) Our little
1: buddy. Okay. All right, let's get him. All right, as promised, we have a guest, our last guest of the year. Some might say saving the best for last, although we love all our guests, so I won't say that. But uh, it is a gentleman who's making his return to the fourth chair. I don't know if this is his third, fourth time. I think fourth, maybe. But uh, this is a guy y'all know and love. He's had a hell of a year uh, that we're going to get into. Uh, I think most notably from my vantage is he won another pair of Eisners this year. And you all may recall when that happened, I broke down that uh, he joined Alan Moore, Neil Gaiman, Brian Michael Bendis, Ed Brubaker, and Brian K. as the only comics writers in history to win best com- best writer of the Eisners in consecutive years. Of course, our good friend and uh, general man about town, Mr. Tom King. Well,
0: that, that is wonderful. I should point out that I tied the first time for the Eisners, so I stand alone as the only one to live one and a half Eisners in two
1: consecutive years. <laughs> listen, this, listen, the tie is still... A, when, when the, the book still says that in 2018, you won best writer. There you go. Along yeah. with along with Marge- Mar- Mar- Marjorie Lou,
0: I ran into Marjorie Lou at Toronto Con a few months after that event, and I was like, "Hi, I'm Tom King." She's like, "I have no idea who you are." I was like, wow. Are you serious?
3: Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, she well,
2: said you the you same serious? thing to us when we talked about the podcast. Where we talked about monsters. We we had a
3: very similar. That
2: I, that I um, understand. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, listen again. Like, it's one thing to to
1: to not have heard of our podcast. I it's know. another thing to have your colleague who also won best writer would be like, I don't know who you Seriously, are. Seriously, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah, she was not pleased. Like We walked up all excited. We did the whole book of the month on Monstrous and gushed about it for two hours and we went up very politely to tell her how much we loved the book and she just was having none of it. She yeah. was absolutely <laughs> none of it.
3: It, it um, was like the air around her got extra hard to breathe just because we were standing in it. <laughs> and so in order for her to, you know, maintain, we just step back and we let her alone. So she survived the incident, but barely. Yeah. I've, I've
0: lost so many awards to her over the years. I've lost Eisner's. I've lost Hugo's. I've lost. Oh, she's dominated me. Wait, really? <laughs> is the Lakers to my Clippers. You heard me say it. Nothing's changed. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think you're uh, I think you doth protest too much. Like I said, you uh, you you and uh, you've had a, I mean, the Eisner's have been very kind to you, sir.
0: They have been, they have been, yeah, I won four this, you said I won a pair, I won four, I won two pairs
1: Uh, You so did win there. four this year, actually I did in the in the analysis, I said you won four, I apologize In the intro I said two, I think, but yes, you won four Riseners this year, I do have that down correct? Not
0: right. that I'm keeping track
1: No, no, why would you?
0: <laughs> I can uh, hear Clayman making fun of me already
2: <laughs> well, The important question out of the way first, how's Roxy? She's good, she's sitting right next to me, she is asleep Of course she is Good
0: girl. Um, yeah, she is adorable. She is. If I could recommend one thing to every comic book writer in the world, to get a dog, get you off your goddamn chair, and get you someone to, you know, be emotionally next to you all day long. Right. Wow. I feel like comic book creators are all dying in our mid fifties. It's like a we're we're plagued people. We need
1: to. Well, you're you're down. you're stressed and sedentary, and yes. don't take care of yourselves. And yeah, sure. we have yeah, con- eat food a couple times, a few times a year. Although it looks like you took some lbs off here in this little brief Skype video I saw of you.
0: Oh, good! I'm glad I got the right angle to make you think I took. Yes. The- oh,
2: that's true. The, okay, the headset no. makes it look that way.
0: You took a lot of pounds off. Yeah,
2: well, I'm part of Peloton Nation. You should join the nation. Oh, there you go. That's what this oh, was waiting for.
0: Got the bike today. <sighs> you did. Yes. Yes. Welcome. Just. Well, I bought it for my wife after that commercial. Oh, it's
2: great. Yes, great. In
0: between the day before that commercial became don't buy it for your wife and the day it was buy it for your wife, that was the day I bought it. The next day, everyone's like, if you buy this for your wife, it's the worst gift ever. I'm like,
1: fuck. Dude, my wife just had her 100th. She just had her 100th ride on Sunday. She joined the Century Club. And, uh, yes, I, it's a, I'm a total cultist, and I'm so thrilled to have you. Uh, after we get them recording, <laughs> like we will, uh, we will, we will kind of. He's sign we'll so thrilled
3: up. to have you, as if he's the official representative <laughs> of fucking Peloton Nation. Do you know how many Pelotons I've sold? I, I don't want to know. I don't. I don't. An insane
1: number of Pelotons.
3: You know how Rocky beat the champ with chickens and wood? You don't need a Peloton.
0: Wait, Rocky lost in the first movie. Well, so he's still
3: got to the, the ring. <laughs> 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 You don't um, need a Peloton. All you need is just enthusiasm and drive and chickens. Right, but Peloton helps keep place. you that. <sighs> but anyway. Anywho, we, it's good to see you. It's good we to got to the you, writer man. of Batman here. Let's exploit that fact.
0: It is a pleasure to talk to you. I've been listening to at least two of you for over ten
1: years now. And then Jason joined place. <laughs> so. Well, you got your time. i a little wrong, but that's okay. We will hold it against you. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. He <laughs> Jason I mean, yeah, we've been doing this for almost 12, so... Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Right. Wait, how
0: old are I? Oh, my God, you're right. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, no. since but that let him... That's 13 years ago. But see,
3: yeah. yeah, but you're making art. We're just making entertainment. So there's a big difference between about... what you do and what we do. You're actually contributing to society, and, and we're, <laughs> we're just us.
0: Uh, see, I disagree. I feel like in modern, especially comic books, like comic books, the actual reading of the comic book is the, like five percent of your consumption of comic books like most of the comic books come from talking about them collecting them enjoying them listening to podcasts on them like that's why people are willing to pay four dollars for a 10 minute experience because there are podcasts interesting
3: theory actually Mm. so you're saying the fandom experience is worth much more than the actual artistic experience in as far as comic books go
0: oh yeah 100 percent. wow that's or else, they, why would anyone buy a comic book when you can get a Netflix subscription for fifteen dollars? Uh, there's no the reason mm. you buy a comic book is so you can get online and complain about it and talk to your friends. And,
1: wow. <laughs> or praise it. Or praise yeah. it.
0: Yeah, or praise it. Uh, reading a comic book is joining a community. That's what it is. It's like a ticket. That is, yeah, that's true. That, that's why comic book stores have lasted longer than record stores and like all the stores we were jealous of when I was in the '90s. They all died, and comic book stores are still around because we were something special.
1: That is true. So it's it's been a hell of a year.
0: It There'll be a lot of praise tomorrow. It's been a hell of a year. Good year. Very good year. I thought.
1: Yeah. So we thought it'd be fun to have you on at the end of the year because you know you're you're a analytical cat. You used to make your living doing that before you started writing funny books and. Uh, yeah. You know I, I guess uh, you know sort of starting at the broad brush and then we can dig in like what what. How do you look back on the year? Stressful, long, rewarding, your best ever? How, what, how, how would you summar, summarize 2019 for yourself?
0: Oh, I don't know. When does it start? When does it end? It had, it had a lot of ups and downs. Right. Um, I mean, I took a transition at the very end of the year, so that's what sort of sticks out to me. About what, two months ago or something, I went from doing, for five years, I'd been doing comics full-time, basically a comic a week, and about two months, two or three months ago, I stopped that. So this is sort of a transition year. Because I picked up the movie and I picked up the secret TV show, which will never fucking come out, but I still have to work on it all <laughs> Um And those take up more time now. And I and I and after this long Batman run, I sort of... I finished that up and I'm launching sort of this different direction. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, it was... It, 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 there were ups and downs. I mean, it was—I uh, I would have liked it if not everyone had hated *Heroes in Crisis*. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, but, uh, and I, yeah, there were a lot of like comic book politics this year that took up a lot of fucking mm-hmm. time. Uh,
1: All right. Well, listen, let's jump in with *Heroes in Crisis* because the last time you were on the, our show uh, was right um, when *Heroes in Crisis* was about to kick off. You had just done the the little yachty. Gig at uh, San Diego, where they put you on the yacht and
0: uh, <laughs> the yes,
1: yeah, and uh you were very excited and I think also aware of uh the challenges of of hel of helming a uh, an event, and heroes and crisis came out, and you know you made a joke that that uh, you say everybody hated it clearly that's not true, but uh I would I, say I loved it, I love right, okay, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say I, I would say though that that we, we pl- being plugged in somewhat to the zeitgeist, it definitely had mixed mixed reviews, right? Which I think is fairly common of big two events, but I am really curious about now that you've kind of gone through the gauntlet and all of the, all of the big writers, the big two seemingly get tasked with doing an event. And I, I'm still waiting for one that said what an amazing experience it was. So you've gotten it out of your way. You were pleased with how it came out, but, but what is the feeling like for you as it's coming out and, you know, you're seeing reviews, both pro and con, like do the, do, do you, you know, do you just, at this point in your life, are you just comfortable with that you did a great story and you're happy with it, and and none of that matters, or or, or does it ultimately leave a mark on you one way or the other?
0: Oh no, God, no! I suffered through all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I no, I, I definitely hear that the because I you you're an artist because you want to please people. I mean, I could pretend that I'm just here to I don't know, smell my own farts and wonder how wonderful <laughs> they are. <laughs> Uh, no, well, I, 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 part of my job is to make people happy, and here's a crisis made so many people miserable. I was horribly de- 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 depressed—not depressed about it, but—and um, then uh, even more depressed. Like again, I reread it a few weeks ago, and I was like, "Man, I really love this." Like, I, I genuinely—I mean. Uh, put put my writing aside, which you know is is whatever it is. The art it cannot be better. The clay's art is a, so gorgeous on that. Oh, page. it looks amazing! That for was, sure, amazing. Yeah, for sure. and 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 the uh, Lee Weeks and the Mitch and Mitch's stuff, um, and even Travis Moore upped his game and did some beautiful little filling pages here and there. Uh, I just couldn't be happier with the whole thing. Um, so yeah, you- was it was it was it was. It was it was a difficult thing because it's like I like this, I believe in it, and everyone hates. It. And it was selling. By the way, it sold really oh, well. Oh yes, oh yes. So it people sold were. My shop. Um, and the, you know, it, it outsold a, a lot of other uh, subsequent events. Or uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but no, it's uh, a good one.
2: Good word. <laughs> now, the the um, as far as were you paying uh, the complaints you were getting did, did you notice if they were from dc fans from the 80s who were like you know my, my wally west was 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 kid flash and the titans or was it like you know this was wally west mark wade and everybody else wrote in the 90s what was the do you know what the makeup was with the who who was complaining the loudest as to how you treated the characters
0: I read this thing; it helped me understand. In, in, I was reading this William Goldman like screenwriting book, which is like the most famous screenwriting book that everyone reads. And I should have read it before I started screenwriting, but whatever. And uh, <laughs> he talks about he made this movie. I can't remember the movie. I'm sure it's very easily googleable. But he made a movie with Robert Redford. As Robert Redford was a a pilot, um, who in the beginning of the movie. It's like, you know, a 1920s pilot, and there's like a, a chorus girl on the wing of his plane. And the chorus girl gets unhooked, and she's about to fall off, and Redford goes and tries to save her, and the chorus girl falls, and he doesn't save her. And, uh, and William Goldman was talking about this, and he's like, I love this movie. Robert Redford loved it. I wrote the crap out of it. It was beautifully written. It was beautifully made. And as soon as we put it on the first screening, it just died. Everyone hated it. And so and, and he said and and it took him a while to figure out why that was. And and after a while, he's like, oh, because Robert Redford cannot let the girl die in the first act. Like, Robert De Niro could do that. Al Pacino could do that. But Robert Redford, at that point in whatever, Mm. 1978, was America's golden hero. And as soon as he did that, he had lost the audience. They just didn't want to see it. They didn't really care about the rest of it. And I do think on some level, that's what Wally West was. And I didn't... No, I didn't pick Wally West. I wasn't like, I want to make Wally West into this character. I sort of... People... I've said this many times, but the way I do plots, I, I... so I come up with a plot, then I ask basically Dan Dio to give me the characters, and the characters he gave me were Booster, Harley, and uh, Wally. Is the um, he's not the killer, but he's the the whatever. And so I wouldn't use Wally West again. Yeah, he 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 struck a he struck an off note. He was he was Robert Redford not saving the girl. So yeah.
3: So was the fast forward thing in play? before heroes in crisis was actually written like was it a let's do a an event and then we'll just do this thing to spin out of it or did that was that a natural progression where they said hey we can take this story further which came first heroes in crisis or the whole scheme
0: oh yeah all that stuff is i'm not involved in at all yet that's all just them coming off of it okay Um, so yeah that's um yeah uh, so, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, that was another problem, is that people just said, Wally's the killer, but he wasn't really the killer. It was like an accident. That kind of stuff. Yes, 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 like, yes. As There was just, there were some easy quotes that kind of floated out and tainted people's sort of vision of the whole thing. But, yeah, no, I learned a lot. I learned I will never do an event again. I'm terrible at it. Um, mostly because I'm not good at telling other writers what to write. I'm
3: mm-hmm.
0: just ter- I'm, te- I'm not good at being like, okay, guys, let's all get together, and you write this, and you write that, and you write this, and then we'll coordinate this, and I'm just not good at that. Are are really many people, though, right?
1: I mean, like, I I say that because we are now into Dawn of X, the ongoing series of X-Books, and uh, we were unabashedly positive, as I think most were, about Hickman's hoxpox. and he is effectively (laughs) the showrunner of the X-Books, and... Uh, while I'm enjoying a bunch of them I, I would I would say al- already the the there are chinks in the armor just in the sense that there' no no it would be impossible for six or seven books written by a bunch of different people drawn by a different bunch of different people to have the same kind of tight cohesion and execution that you have when you have one singular writer crafting you know ten issues or whatever it was. Um, and he's the showrunner, right? So it's his job to kind of balance letting creators be creative, but also making sure they theoretically fit into his Bible. And I'm, so my point is I'm not sure he's, we haven't seen evidence he's good at it yet either. And I don't, I don't know that it's pretty hard, right? Being, being a, a line editor is a much different skill set than, 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 than being a comic writer or artist. And effectively, to your point, when you're put in charge of an event, you kind of have to play the line editor for a little bit, right? And that's, yep. tiff, that's tricky.
0: I think that's exactly right. I think yeah, you have to sort of play that role, and some people do. They they're drawn to it because it it, it makes your event bigger if you can do a chart and be like, okay, this book la- overlaps here and this book overlaps there. But in order to do that, you have to have your story so outlined and parsed out. And it's just not the way I write. I write, um, I don't know. I I, I don't like to I don't like to give away so many pieces of my story. I like to sort of focus it. I like to I, I write to moments. I don't write to big plot points. Yeah, I, I do think there's a that's a total skill set that I lack, is this sort of desire to organize people and be on long email chains and uh, <laughs> have seven meetings with editors. I just, I, I sometimes I see a story in my head and, and I just need to tell that story and, and explaining to someone sort of how that works, they'll never understand it until I actually lay it out. Um, And and people never and that's it's hard to get that across. It's hard in some sort of a management way. I mean, I used when I my last job at CIA was a manager of a like the uh, prevent nine eleven team, which was you know there was a bunch of people on that team, and I was the guy who sort of had to fire and hire people, and I hated it. I just I'm not good at. I I just like to be good at the job I'm doing as opposed to trying to make other people good at that job. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what that that is about me. I'm sure there's some personality test that could describe it. I just thought, who has a fucking time. I have three kids and a wife. I don't have time to tell like
1: This is facts. And a dog. And a dog. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, it's behind yeah. you now. I mean the, the event is you, you got your event, yet you you've you've cut that pelt, so to speak, so you probably don't, don't have to ever do one again.
0: In the end it wasn't really an event though, because we didn't have true, that's there, true. there wasn't one crossover issue besides a few little Batman things that I was that wasn't involved in that Josh did well. Right. Um but yeah, well, it, to it me was it wasn't an event. event. It was sort of a
1: it was an event in the sense that there were a lot of heroes. Big, it was the big pushed book of the moment, right? At at one of the big two, and there were a lot of probably both internal and external expectations for it, both commercially and from a continuity perspective. Yes, so it so it still feels like an event, even though I, to your point, there weren't twenty seven tie in titles. Which is a great thing, by the way, because I, we do, we do these, uh, for the patrons, we, each of us do a monthly previews video where we go through previews and talk about what we're interested in. And, um, I think we generally try and keep it positive and just focus on what we want. But I just remember losing my mind when the, uh, Marvel previews came out for Absolute Carnage. I think I counted there were 29 Spider-Man single issues solicited that first month and, I just couldn't understand how there was a market for that. Like, like under no auspice could even the most ardent Spider Man fans, aka David, ever consider <laughs> buying or reading twenty nine. It's not books.
2: even reading amazing right now, but yes.
1: I guess. No, that's my point. I'm well yes. yeah, my point. but but I mean it, it just seemed incredibly and it seemed incredible because it dilutes the power of the main book, right? I mean yeah. you had you had this absolute carnage, which was this book that clearly um, Donnie and Ryan were incredibly on a personal level excited to a story to tell. And it literally was consumed by 28 other titles with the same header logo and theoretically also being t- sold as important. And, and I it just, it's just mind boggling. So I think you got a, you actually got a better end of the deal, Tom, in terms of your quote unquote event in that at least it was able to stand on its own. So that's a good thing. I think uh, when you look back on it.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, to me, when you remove all the noise of "oh, Wally's the killer" and um, Ivy died and all that stuff, and you actually just read the book, which I did, it's a great book, and it gets sold a bunch. I made a ton of money off of it. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I shouldn't have any regrets about it. I just wish no regrets. Uh, I, 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 you know feel really, the, mo- the most guilty I feel is about Clay because I feel like Clay poured himself into that book, and he came off Batman for it because he would have done Batman issues. And I just I, I felt that I didn't give Clay his. Um, is most, I feel. I feel Clay could be. I know you're gonna tell me I'm fucked up, but I feel like he could be a, like a Jim Lee level good. Like that's how good Clay is. Like he could. He could dominate this industry if I just gave him the right stuff. And so I do. I just feel. Well, that's why we're doing Batman and Catwoman. And I think it'll. You know, it'll elevate him. That's what i feel most guilty about. I just didn't, didn't give Clay a, a fair shot at the ball.
3: Wow. You, uh, is it hard to drag that cross around with you everywhere you go? <laughs> <laughs> you I don't I don't think you, you I don't think you put anything in, in Clay's way. I think he's a phenomenal artist. Okay. And the work is there on the page. I think you just approached the quote event from an atypical vantage point, hence people were a little bit confused. Like this doesn't <laughs> walk like a regular event. It doesn't obviously doesn't talk like a regular event this is weird and that's that's refreshing and that's good why would you want to do something by the numbers the same way a million other people did it that's boring there you go you know Brad, Brad Melter
0: and I had uh, drinks the other day and we sort of dissected um, <laughs> our different events and, uh, uh, and and like what we did right and wrong in those events it, it, it was eye-opening to sort of see his opinion on how the whole thing went because he kind of had a similar thing with Identity Crisis
3: right um, yeah yeah well, for the record, I think Heroes in Crisis stands out as being not um, cookie cutter, which it is very gratifying to read something that doesn't play by the rules.
0: Well, I get people every day. I mean, I get people at cons who come up and cry to me, especially like ex-soldiers who are like, finally, someone told my story. So, you know, that's more important to me than, hey, you you
3: made Wally a bad guy. There you, you go. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm all right, yeah, I'm super proud of it. So what's this this Batman-Catwoman thing you were talking about?
0: Oh, yeah, that's the next big thing. Yeah, so I'm doing yeah. three different books. That's why I say I'm transitioning to sort of away from, I don't know what it is. I, I got freedom, you know, I, I did, I wrote Batman for enough years and sold enough comics that sort of I got the freedom to do whatever I wanted, and what I really love doing are these sort of little Mr. Miracle stories, these little 12-issue Mr. Miracle stories, hmm. Where I can write like um, basically a novel in comic book form, something ambitious. So I'm doing three of them over the next year.
1: Strange so Adventures, think, Yeah.
0: Strange Adventures, um, Cat, and the one that hasn't been announced, which is what I was writing
1: today. So you're gonna break right here on the show, right? You're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Man,
2: it's a uh, uh. it's
0: it's it's either a big one or a stupid one, or I might be uh, I might be Rob Rob throwing the girl from the plane again. We'll find uh, out. <laughs> Well, I
2: think it's about time the Newsboy Legion came back. So this is great. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> You can well, do great
0: stuff with the Newsboy
2: Legion. Yes, I'd, you can. Do it.
0: But uh, yeah, but the idea is to do stuff where you're working with one artist, um, and and you make something uh, brilliant and beautiful that lasts the time. Because I think that's what DC does best. You guys are Marvel guys. I'm a Marvel guy. Mm. I feel okay. like sorry if I explained it before, but but Marvel over its history is has made better comics than DC comics on average. You just compare.
2: Wow. I'm not sure I can agree with that. No, but I'm Depa- just saying- Are we talking about a certain time frame? or I mean, I know you said on average, so I mean, going back right. from however long. So if you're just considering you know, DC, if, if we're including DC back in 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 the 30s and 40s and uh, yeah I mean it's it's kind of yeah, hard
0: and since well let's do since 1961 you know let's
2: you know, okay let's, okay there's a couple
0: well, the, the 50s were better at DC
3: there's a couple of huge bombs that kind of sway the the um, results and that's Dark Knight Returns Watchmen
0: that's my point yeah yeah it's
3: like they, DC has these massive massive critically acclaimed hits that are evergreen and these books will never ever go away as examples of what can be achieved within the art form what does marvel have that's similar
1: i was going to say when when i'm I'm digging in the crates but tom your first time on the show many many years ago when you were just getting into being a full-time comics writer uh, i vividly remember because our listeners were impressed by your bravado saying that your goal is to someday and it should be the goal of all comics writers to have something that would be like their watchman, something that, yeah. but to take another character and, and, and give it a, give, give a set of characters or character that seminal moment. And this is, you know, I think you've frankly done that a bit, uh, in terms of seminal moments with Mr. Miracle and with, uh, and, and with, um, the vision, but, but, yeah. but getting back to the point, I remember we all talked about this a bit then. And, and, um, and, and, and yeah, I think, Vince, you brought up the point back then, which was that DC does have these these hallmark works that stand alone. And uh, I don't think Marvel has too many. Marvel has runs that are iconic. Right. But yeah. But there aren't. I mean, even to this day, I mean, I'm a massive Avengers fan. But when people say, OK, I you've got. Six to ten issues to sell me on Avengers. What what Avengers comic should I read? It's not like, oh, read. There's no dark Knight for Avengers, right? I mean, you know, we maybe recommend Avengers Forever or something like that, but that's that's not even really, you know, what I'm saying. Like, it's there, there's just not. I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not sure. Even though I consider myself a Marvel zombie, I I need to hear you expound on this, Tom, because I'm not sure I agree necessarily. Just because, like, shouldn't the higher, shouldn't the highest of highs wash away a lot of dreck? Well, but, well,
0: but I mean, I, I, your point is exactly my point. We're on the same page. Is that though? Marvel's average book is better than DC's average book. DC has hit highs that Marvel has. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that, that that's the difference between
2: the okay. I mean aside from yeah. uh, aside from from year 1 which took place in the Batman ongoing, everything else that DC pretty much has and, and I I guess we can include Hush in there maybe, but everything else DC has were, we're kind of standalone 12 or or four issue um Limited series, and, and, and you know, like the thing I keep going back to, it like Marvel doesn't really do a lot of blockbuster. The world, I mean, Marvels maybe, or or you have, uh, I mean, even even Born Again was was you know issues within Daredevil. You could say, um, you could say the Stern Bushima Palmer Avengers run, um, but if you don't know, but I don't think that's actually been collected in its own. Trade or hardcover, so, so you know you have to find those issues, and and yeah, I mean there's omnibus of of them, but oh, right. But so it's a it's a whole big chunk yeah. of 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 a collection, and 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 even with the the X Men stuff, like if if you look to um, you know, you could look for the Mutant Massacre, Fall of the Mutants, or, or or things like that. But but again, it's still like you're getting you're not really getting just that story where you can say, hey, read this. This is this is what made me an X Men fan. It's it's like no, like these these six issues out of the last eighty Claremont wrote were really special to me, but I, I can't really say you should read issues one twelve through through one thirty four. I it's it's yeah, I, I think DC knows how to kind of um market important works. Um whereas I think Marvel just Marvel wants to tell a story and if it just happens to happen Within that character's book, um, like, 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 um, the clone saga just crossed over against, uh, through all the, the Spider-Man issues. And, 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 um, when Carnage, it's, they used to have the, 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 the twice-monthly shipping in the summer. So you had Round Robin or you had, um, the, the Carnage's first appearance. And, and, but again, those happened in, spidey's book so so yeah it's it's one of those things where you have um you have stories you remember that dc published because you can go to your bookshelf and say hey here's the new frontier this is a really special work to me and 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 i think you'll love it and whereas you know you can go to um you, you you can here's a here's a handful of issues of moon knight that that I think you'll dig, and and <laughs> I, mean, I, you know, it's, it's I, talk about the. You're, you're I I know, here yes, absolutely, but, okay. but I mean, but but yeah, it's 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 like you can't really say, you know, here's which is why you know I kind of keep coming back to Marvels. It's like that that's really the only thing I think that because you could say Death of the Stasis, but w- what actual issues of those are 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 you know right. like at least with with Watchmen, here's just twelve issues, and and they're all standalone to do their own thing.
3: Right. Let's swing this back to Tom because Tom before this whole snowball came down the mountain you said that you were going to try and do these 12 issue isolated novels for yeah. dc like you're going to do the the adam strange and the the cat bat and that other thing that we don't know what it is and i think <laughs> i think that approach is perfect because i will be totally honest with you at the the risk of of losing you as a friend i tapped oh out no i tapped out on batman a little bit before the wow. wedding
0: how dare you! That's no,
3: and I'll tell you why. Even though it was well written and well and beautifully drawn, I have very, very little interest in reading an eighty-five issue Batman story. <laughs> you know what, what I mean? Like you don't want to stick around for
0: three years? No,
3: what? no, I don't. But if you give me twelve <laughs> issues of Mister Miracle. 12 self-contained, cohesive, holy shit, this guy's a brilliant writer. Look at this art. It's phenomenal. And all I need to do is pick this book up, and I get the whole story. Wow. That then. I mean, as, a, as a, a man in my mid-50s, that's what I want. I want great stories that won't take me five years to read by very, very talented, creative people. And I think that's what you gave us with Mr. Miracle. And and the vision, these nice. Uh, it's a it's a heck of a meal. It's not uh, a buffet. You're not going to keep going back to the bar every you know couple minutes for five years. You get twelve shots, and this is your thing. And and here it is. That's what I want, and that's why I want it more from you. I want more of this kind of stuff from you. Omega Men, give me another Omega Men.
0: Hey, they're releasing Omega Men hardcover next. Week. And I have
3: and I have the trade paperback, and I love it. Because it's all there.
0: I I mean, I agree with you so much that I stopped doing it. So I'm 100% on board with what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I loved writing Batman. I loved who I got to work with. Um, But the reality of a double-ship book that has to be the number one selling book every month... um, not always I means that there's always be a number one that beats you, or whatever. But the on average, just has to be number right. one. So.
3: Right.
1: And and, and I am, like, let's let's let, well, let, let's let's go to let's follow Vince's tangent. And I mean, just for the record, again, if we're uh, if we're putting our bona fides out there, I I am still reading Batman, and I'm up to date. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, you didn't, you know, for me, I now I'm also the guy that that loves the four year run that Hickman did on Fantastic Four and the five year run he did on Avengers. Like I love those those long drawn out. Intricate stories that that give me three, four, five issue stories, but then there's a B and a C plot that run throughout everything. I mean, I'm, I'm into that. I know that's not necessarily Vince's cup, so I'm I was okay with it. In fact, I was um, bluntly, uh, I was feeling some kind of way not not at you, but at the way I perceive things to have gone down. And again, this is my own personal perceptions with because you you know you were very I think public. Um, both on our show and, and other shows and really, really any, to any, anyone you spoke to that one of your, your goals from, from the very start with Batman was to do the hundred issues. And then that became, I think a hundred and some, because there were a few that you couldn't do, but, yeah. but to, to, and it was you know important to you just in terms of, of from a historical perspective and the challenge of it. And, and needless to say, uh, you know, next ne- to, I guess for most people will be listening to this on Wednesday, new comic book day. And, and, and the, your final issue of Batman proper will be on the shelves as they're listening to this. Uh, And so, you you know, you didn't, you didn't get to get to make it to the hundred. And um, uh, I mean, to whatever extent you're comfortable. I mean, I, I'd I'd love for you to just share your, there's been a tremendous amount of speculation uh, all over the interwebs uh, and it probably the nature of the speculation lies in part whether people were enjoying your Batman run or they were not, <laughs> right? Um, about why and how it happened. But um but needless to say, I mean, I think we'd be we'd be disingenuous to suggest that this was the plan from the start. So um so, you know, why not maybe take take us through your view as to why it you know, you you or, or DC or both decided that the the planned hundred issue mega run just didn't make sense in the end.
0: I know. Talk about a cross the bear. I feel guilty about that too.
1: Why do you I, feel guilty about it? I don't. You shouldn't feel guilty about it.
0: Oh, I feel like I set out to do something I didn't quite get there. Uh, not not yeah, that Not that the story changed at all, because we're mm-hmm. exactly where I was supposed to be at eighty five. Um, we had planned basically from eighty five to a hundred to do almost you know villain of the month, or because I never I wanted to do some just some typical Batman stories, just some like you know three issues versus. Um, the penguin or some stuff like that with Cat and Bat working together and sort of showed them as a couple and how they interacted. Um, and so that's what's getting cut out of sort of which, which to me almost, not not filler, because they've would been cool, I would have written them good, but um, not essential to the sort of overall story and then all of that sort of that feeling of who Bat and Cat are is being moved into the Bat-Cat series. So I don't think we lost anything, but I do feel like I wish I don't like saying I'm going to do something and then I not get there. I don't mm-hmm. know. That, that's what I don't like about the whole thing. Um, well, mm-hmm. But, uh, well, yeah, yeah, how it went down, sure. I mean, I—I yeah. I, I I don't know all of the details because I'm not privileged to sort of everyone everywhere, and people will tell me stuff to my face that's not probably 100% true. Um, but, basically, what went down is as we were prepping for City of Bane, uh, I got the movie. Uh, the New Gods movie, and and the secret TV show that I fucking work on and never get done. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
0: I was working on it today. I was like, "Why am I working on this piece of shit TV <laughs> show?" Uh, someday I'll come on. You'll be very impressed. There are like movie stars in it and stuff, and I hang out with them and and we have sushi and it's all interesting. But but it never happens. Um, but, um, so. Uh, so what happened so I was that was that was coming down the train. and they wanted to reach, I feel like this has changed since then, but the, back then, they wanted to reach a hundred at a certain point um, in order for a big event sort of thing that's going to happen that's still in the works. And um, what they said was after city of Bane, those sort of 15 issues that I was going to be backcat, they wanted those to be set up issues for the event. They wanted to use the popularity of my book to launch the event. And they said, Tom, I don't know if you'd be into this. Uh, and as I said before, I was like, I'm was like, i not so good at events. I sort of discovered that through Heroes in Crisis. And they, they couldn't kick me off the book because it was selling very well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's also my contract, so they, they legally couldn't do it. Uh, and, but they gave me the option, they're like, okay, if you want, if this is not for you, if this is not the thing you want to do, and we know you're going to do this, you know, you're not going to have a, as much time, because Double Ship Batman is every day, all day, right? Uh, why don't you jump off and do one of the things you love doing, which is, you know, have your own artist, and here's this, and this, and here's this, and then you get, and you get to sort of end the story the way you want to end it. And that was sort of the options they gave me. And they said you could choose any artist you wanted to. Um, and I was at a con with uh, Clay and Mitch. we both there. And uh, so we all huddled together. We're sort of a, a trio of best friends. And went over the options. And uh, and from that we sort of made the decision um, to to to, to like we, like we started this out with, that, that we could make better comics um, the way we're doing it now, which is to sort of end on this big note in 85, or was always supposed to end, and then create sort of our version of Dark Knight Returns with the freedom that gives us. Um, so, yeah, so the options before me were make, you know, double ship event-supporting books or make another Dark Knight Returns. It seemed like a no-brainer. Um, but... Uh, but I still feel bad that we're not getting to 100.
1: Well, it doesn't sound like you should feel bad at all, because it sounds like you got to basically un- unfree yourself of a of a scenario that wouldn't have had you happy. And I, I'm of the mind that, that uh, unhappy artists are not necessarily great artists. Um, Vince might disagree there, but about uh, suffering or whatever. It and, and depends on how that. unhappy.
3: Right, right, yeah. Right. There's a line, but
1: but my point is, I guess it sounds like I don't know that you would have been as as into it because you weren't feeling it. It wasn't your intended path, and now you get your intended path. I guess the weird thing is, as you know, because the internet being the internet, right? I mean, everybody just wildly speculated, like, oh, Tom was fired off the book, you know, and you know, and, and, it, and none of that really ever jived in the sense that, like you said, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, the book was a top seller. You know, it was it was DC's top book, and 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 for every person who was salty about something like the. The, you know, the marriage issue, there were a lot more people, I think, that, especially from our sense of they were very much enjoying what you were doing, myself included. And, and so I, I so I, I never it, like it didn't add up to me on any of that front that it was like a, they kind of like forced your hand. But, you know, on the other hand, I think you being a, a, a kind person and not wanting to to get too political or overly bureaucratic about the internal processes just kind of you know, moved on and said, yeah, this is what I'm doing next and it's going to be awesome, which I think it is. But, but, uh, yeah, I just think it's, 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 it's good to clear there. I really do struggle with the idea that, uh, you should feel guilty about it. Like, I don't, like, I, like, who, who are you harming tonight? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not, like, other than your own perceived value of, like, the legacy of having done a hundred issues, I don't, I don't know that there's, there's anything to, to lament because you're going to get to tell that last part of the story you wanted to tell in a different form. So, what I would ask is since you've been unencumbered um, with those last fifteen, not being necessarily having to just be uh, villains of the week as you put it um, is what it will Batcat cat be different than what these fifteen issues would have been if if they were part of Batman
0: yeah, yeah it's gonna be it'll be a lot different actually because uh, instead of it being like I was saying before when you're doing double ship. Number one book. You have to get a top artist always, and top artists work slow. Top artists do five to seven books a year if they're really productive, you know? Um, with the exception of Mikkel, who, you know, probably mm. gets like, nine. Um, and Mitch, who can do, who's a genius. He's a machine. Yeah, he's a machine. Um, but if you, you know, guys like uh, Tony Daniel, David Finch, The Clay Man, uh, those guys take their time because they produce, I mean, and you see you see that sweat and blood on the page. Uh, and if and if you're doing so, that, means you every two to three issues you're switching artists, uh, which is hard. It's like we said we're, when we're talking about naming those sort of great books of all time. There's not too many of them that have a fill-in artist. True. Like um, Darwin Cook doesn't you know take an issue off, um, and uh, and and have uh, the Nick Darrington come in and draw an issue of a little beautiful. <laughs> So I'm thinking, of, thinking of someone who was in Darwin's circle. Um,
2: J-Bone.
0: J-Bone, yeah. Well, J-Bone was inking, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, and you know, uh, Frank Miller's, all, all of that is Frank Miller. It's not like, you know, Frank takes an issue and Lee Weeks comes in or something. Um, so, in terms of making sort of one beautiful piece of art, uh, now that I have just Clay Mann doing all 12 issues... I can do something special. I can do something big and, and something a lot more ambitious than I would have before. So it's just, it's just, it's a more, yeah, it's, it's it's aiming for a, a higher plateau, but Fantastic. it's still, it, it's still bad. It means it's, it's, it takes off. If you, if you liked annual number two, I don't know if you remember the, but the, what like the one that starts out yes. the first date. And yeah, of course it's, 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 it's that, but um take, and it takes off from that thematically. So that, that's the taste of it. Oh, i I can announce something. Um, uh, do you know who our our, our cover artists will be?
1: For Bat-cat?
0: For Batcat. For Cat, yeah. Nobody knows this. I have, this has not been announced yet.
1: Oh, so. nice. No, wait okay, so. on us.
0: Let's do something. Uh, so, uh, I, so this guy Jim Lee's doing it.
2: Oh, <laughs> very nice. <laughs> <Jeez>. uh, <laughs> okay.
0: Or, or you can get you can get a Travis Claret cover I've heard of him. He's a new. Um,
2: wow. All right. Wow.
0: Or Clay Mann. So you'll have those. Will be your three. That's awesome. You can get on that book. So. Uh,
1: and you get you get did you already tell Jim you want dibs on the cover to number one, the art?
0: Did you hear what happened with me and Jim and the art?
1: Like, oh, sure. No, I did not.
0: So I uh, you know, Batman fifty, uh, I wanted to do this thing where sort of everyone who I could um, get from sort of Batman history does a big splash. Page. Right. Yeah, yeah. you know, we got Neil Adams and, and Oh and yeah,
1: guys. yeah, we heard him. Yeah.
0: Um, so I went so I was in the office and I was like, Jim, um would you be willing to do a splash page in this movie? He's like, Well what do you want to be on the page? And I was like, it just has to be some bad cat thing. And and he's like, well, you better think about it hard because I'm going to give you that page. <laughs> oh my
1: god!
3: <laughs>
0: and I'm like, oh, well, let's do it. <laughs> so he turns it in, and it's this beautiful, um, you know, uh, uh, Batman's bending over, Catwoman kissing her, and it's just right, like, yeah, of course. And it became the cover to the third thing, and it's a it's a big splash in his art book, and. It's become one of the more famous I- images from my run. And so I was like, oh, and I got the page. <laughs> and, uh, and and one day I'm just walking. I get a text from Jim. He goes, hey, Tom, a uh, weird oh, sh- thing. Sh- my art dealer <laughs> sold that page. He didn't ask me about it. So, you know, I owe you. And <laughs> so was like, oh, fuck
1: you!" Oh, yeah. <laughs> Albert Moy sold it, huh? Albert Moy sold it, yeah. Well, you know how much that went for, right? Yeah.
3: I know. It's a good thing that Jim needed the money. It's a good, yeah, you know,
1: didn't that go for like forty grand? Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> right. So he basically like Jim Lee just robbed you of a forty thousand dollars bonus. Yeah,
2: that's your, <laughs> that, that's your coolest cooler. So
1: uh, <laughs> that's kind of fucked up. You should he owes you big time, man. Like that's that's substantial. <laughs> nah, that fucking he, well he he pays me
0: big time. He's my publisher, so he probably pays it back. All I right. got to see nice. a lot during this USO trip. He's solid, man. That guy's good. He's a good guy.
1: Did you play poker with him? Oh, no, we did
0: not. I would never play
1: poker with Jim Lee. Well, that's why I asked. He's notorious for his poker skills.
0: My favorite Jim Lee story is, and I think this summarizes who Jim is as a person. We did this thing where you go to this huge top of a tower in Toronto. I forget which tower it's called. And you sort of hang off of it. You, You tie yourself to a bungee cord. And you go in if you
1: home. do, I, I certainly wouldn't, but okay. No.
0: <laughs> and you and you and you lean forward, so you're looking down at the entire city like you're leaning off the Empire State Building. And I was me and Jim Lee and Scott Snyder and Dan DeDio, Um and and so Jim gets there and he's doing it, and I look over at Jim, and I'm scared of my fucking mind. It, uh, and I've been to work twice. And I look over at Jim and Jim genuinely looks bored. <laughs> he's like, Is this it? Is this all we got? Can we jump off the thing? He was ready to go. Like Jim is looking for the next thing, man. He's he just he he wants to experience the world. He wants to, um, yeah. He's an amazing guy. That's awesome. Uh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's my. So, yeah. So, Batcat that launches whenever Clay can catch up to drawing it.
1: Mm-hmm. What? Uh, you know, we we half joke, but you know, we used to hang with you at cons, like back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Now, now it's that's hard to do these days because we
0: should he, still hang.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, fair enough, but, but you, you are busy. You are very busy at these cons.
0: You are not an unbusy person at cons. I just see you going from artist to artist to artist. Collection.
1: No, no, no. Listen, we, we all have our, our agendas. We are all busy at cons. But my point being is your con experience has changed exponentially in the last decade. Um, and, again, we're keeping it real tonight. This is keeping 100. So uh, our cons, you do a lot of cons now. So I, I I've concluded that they must be both professionally and economically advantageous for you to do as many cons as you do. But um, now that They're you're not
0: too, economically advantageous, mm, you'd,
1: take, you'd make
0: you'd uh, make more money. No, just just in terms of how much money you make at a con. You you make more money writing. If I took those days and wrote, now and that does not say I would, I'd probably spend time with my kids instead of that, which is interesting. that's what I was
1: going to say. I mean. You're part of the comic sketch. I mean, you're part of Doug's group, so I know you yeah. make money. So. I mean, when we see you at your table, <laughs> like, like I know the numbers or at least. I don't know your numbers part, but I know how that model works quite well. So I think you're doing okay. But my my point is more like be honest. What is is the is being Tom King in lights and italics? Is is it still purely viscerally fun and awesome when you're at a con, or is it? Uh, equally exhausting and, and stressful.
0: No, I, I, none of it is ex- ex- exhausting or stressful. Like, I mean, I guess you get tired, but like tired in the way like when you go to Disneyland for a day and you have an awesome time and you're tired at the end of the night and you feel good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I'm so old. I use Disneyland as my example. No, like if you go to a bar all night and you're partying with your friends.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know that,
0: too. Uh, no, it, it, it is. I mean, it, we're... Conflict people are generally speaking not social people that's not all that's not 100% the rule yeah ruling.
1: i know we all say that but that's i don't buy i don't buy that but, but, I mean, no, but here's why here's why you know why i say that i don't buy that because for all of these non social people nothing stops all these non social people from going out and drinking all night at cons with other non social comic creators and thus not doing the commissions that they promised they were going to do oh yeah oh, that's, so that's- i don't want to hear that they're not social <laughs>
0: But, it, but I mean I've not in, in terms of like classic introvert extrovert of course ex- yeah extroverts get their energy more from people yes. introverts get their energy or it takes energy to interact with people right not that they're not having fun but it just takes energy right um so it does like it, it does take a lot of energy to you know like I did five six hour signings this year and you at the end of it you're exhausted but um yeah no i I love cons mm. I just I love comics I love being in a comic book atmosphere I like going to cons I like shopping for my kids. I like buying comic art. I like buying old comics. I like uh, going to fricking panels and watching interviews. I mean, I, I like the entire atmosphere of it. I just I mean, uh, I, I like staying up a late night in the bar and talking with Josh Williamson about how we're going to fix comics. I I just everything about a con I like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, ex- except missing my my wife and kids, who of course.
1: Well, that's good to hear. So it hasn't gotten started to get old for you.
0: No, no, no. None of none of it gets old. In, in, um, I, I mean, the only part that gets old is, uh, I'm trying to think of a part of cons.
1: I, I mean, the 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 food sucks,
0: but besides that. Well,
1: I, the food during the con, but then you get to get awesome meals.
0: Yeah, you get awesome meals afterwards, but, mm-hmm. no, I, I mean, I, 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 love New York. I love San Diego. There's, there's no con I don't like. Um, Colorado's a little weird because everybody's stoned, so it's kind of weird lines. <laughs> Um, but besides that, yeah, everything's cool. Yeah, no, I, I like cons. It's 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 weird, you know. I, you guys went to ones with me when I had zero lines and I was begging people to buy my books. I did that for years, you know, dragging around yeah. barrels full of books. Yeah. So it is weird to just show up and there's like a line of people. I do every time I show up, I'm like, is there a line? Like, you still ask? Like, are they still there? Right. Did they, did they actually show up for this? Um, but me you know, cons for me now is a lot of drawing because people want these shitty ass sketches. So it's also a lot of drawing. Of me, where I, I, because I, I put a lot of effort to be that terrible. In my
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, do you think your experience at cons would be less enjoyable if it wasn't for uh, Doug and his crew? You know, basically running everything soup to nuts, so you just have to show up and be pretty.
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, no, that makes it easy. That's yeah, that's why cons are fun. I mean, the the, the days of, I mean, in 2012, I did 13 cons where you know I, I had my own. You know, sign I had to put up, and you know, you, you get it twisted, and you're like, oh fuck, it gets a tear in it because the sign costs 175 bucks. Then you don't have 175 bucks back then, and um, and also like, there's also all this pressure because you're there, you're you're away from your family, and you paid 300 for this table. If you don't sell enough to make that 300 back, and I was making 25 cents a book, a quarter a book, so like you just, you, there was such pressure to sell. So if you what you weren't selling, it was so depressing um and also just lugging around it so yeah now now all i have to do is you know i just get in i show up at the con everything's organized for me yeah the, the whole doug thing is if people haven't gone it's this comic sketch art he uh, he, he that more than the money the money's good and i'm not saying it's bad but more than the money it's it, it's about just the convenience of mm-hmm. it And so someone handles your lines, someone handles all that weird stuff all that
1: I mean the 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 suitcase full of of Ben Franklins at the end of the con doesn't hurt either. Yeah, <laughs> and the Catwoman cosplayers, come on.
0: It does help. I was at um, I haven't told this story. But I was at San Diego this year and I saw this beautiful Jack Kirby Big bar to splash, and I was meeting with Ava uh, the next day to talk Mister Miracle, and I was, I was like, I gotta buy this. I gotta get this as a gift for her because she's a big big part of person. And you know, you don't see a lot of big bar of splashes. I mean, there's that Kirby drew that were actually in Mister Miracle. There's probably like five of them, you know. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and I was and it was a big It was a big old price tag. So it was nice to be like, okay, can I have this much in cash in front of It was like my CIA days being in Iraq, where you just
1: that is <laughs> awesome.
0: Bags of cash, and you're like,
1: okay, let's go. I'm both insanely proud of you for what a nice gesture this, and insanely jealous at the same time. <laughs> I have a con, I have a complex of emotions right now. It was
0: so hard, Jason, to turn it over. Cause oh, like she wow. doesn't know. I could get her a toy, you know, i could
1: get her a little big bar to toy. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, does Ava have any concept of what that cost you? I don't know. Hopefully, she Googled it. Holy okay. shit! Uh, By the she, way, Vince she, really loves Commandy, so the next time we see him, you he yeah. Be nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey Vince, you get me a movie, I'll get you a Commandy arts.
1: Okay,
3: I don't know how All I'm right, going to we'll do that, but if that's the deal, I'll make it happen.
1: So let's talk New Gods. Now, we understand that, that there are lots of things about New Gods you can't talk about. So so that's not saying, hey, give us the plot. This isn't like a uh, Saturday DC con where every person in line asks you about what's going to happen in the next six months of the book, and you'll have to say, I don't know. Um, but for those that aren't paying attention, you... Uh, well, that's you mentioned- something
0: I hate about cons. When I, DC mm-hmm. does the shittiest panels at cons. No offense
1: to DC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: But when they do a panel where it's just like everyone pitches their books and they have bad slides mm-hmm. and you're sitting there and you're bored out of your mind and you're bored and the audience is bored and everyone's bored and you're like oh my god we're surrounded by comics and we're bored what the fuck is wrong with this? sure that i hate about cons sorry I thought, I thought was
1: so sorry go on no no so, so you alluded to ava but but again i'm assuming most of our listeners know who you're talking about but you're speaking of ava duvernay who is uh the director of the aforementioned new gods film and is she also your co-writer is that right yeah, she's the
0: co-writer, producer, and director.
1: Okay. Um, so all very public that you were brought on to co-write the book, uh, the movie. And obviously we, all of us, uh, that knew you when were super proud and tearing up and fist pumping you. Um, so putting aside what you can't talk about, which we get, there's a lot of it. I, I think we're all very interested in just what is the, what is it like being a screenwriter? Like, how is that different? How does that, on it from a day to day level, and as you alluded, you you this is new ground for you. You know, you wrote you wrote a novel, and that novel parlayed into you writing comics, and so in in some sense, it's it's more writing, but but it is a different process. I have a few friends that are screenwriters, so I know a little bit about it from them. But but what is what has it been like? Has it been, um, you know, how does it change your day to day, and and how has the experience been so far? And and then just tell us what you can about New Guys, just in terms of of. And, and again, I assume a lot of this is public already. But just what, when, when is when does it start filming? When, 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 when is it going to be released? If that's public, I don't know if that's public yet. But
0: so this is the thing about about New Gods. I should explain for the audience. I, I've never been involved in this. So usually I talk about comics and nobody gives a fuck because we're a wonderful small community. <laughs> when I s- say some random thing about New Gods, it can get kicked up as it can get picked up as clickbait. Like I'll I'll be like, oh man, I. Wrote about um, the Forever People today, and they'll be like, "Oh shit, Forever People in the next New Guys movie," and you'll see it in four thousand sites and Twitter feeds, and you'll be Listen, like, "Listen, we, we are not, we are not above, People.
1: we are not above having eleven o'clock comics mentioned on Hollywood Reporter." <laughs> hell no. So feel free.
0: <laughs> so that's, but the thing is, I am not the person. You and know, um, Ava is. Um, she comes from PR. She was a she was she did PR before she became a director and filmmaker. Um, so she has complete control over that stuff. So that's why I, I, I when people ask me new guys, I just end up, end up saying problem and sort of I mean it's it's going wonderfully and all that stuff and it is going wonderfully, but it just sounds boring. I don't know if people want those boring answers. Uh, but but I do like your question of, of the difference between writing uh, movies and and comics. Um, I don't know. I I don't. I mean I like so far I like writing comics more. I would say um i feel uh, i I was a comic fan from the time i was six years old like meeting walt simonson to me was bigger than meeting tom cruise would be um and even meeting you guys i mean i was you you guys were in my ears much more often um than any movie star i ever knew uh, in, in terms of, like, I was a super podcast. I, I, I remember stalking the iFanboy guys through a con, because I just thought, I was like, I can't believe I'm in the same room as them, you know? I was like, is that really Josh Flanagan? Oh, my God.
3: Uh, <laughs> That's weird.
0: It, it's weird, right? That's weird, yeah. I, but in terms of impact on my life... Oh, no,
1: yeah. No, it, it, I, it is, you were you are definitely a genuine podcast superfan.
0: Yes, I'm a genuine podcast super superfan. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out this movie thing. I you know it's a, it's I mean, there's just some genuinely like stupid physical differences. It's in a different program. you know, i don't I don't write in a right. uh, final draft for my comic scripts. So I write in word. And it's different formatting, and it's it's um, but I mean there there's some fun things about it. like you the conversations can last a lot longer. A comic book conversation can never go. Your dialogue is always limited by the panels, and how much you're asking your artist to draw. Like I couldn't. I mean, I know Bendis does it sometimes, but like, um, just to have 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 someone have like a five minute conversations in terms of real time in a comic book would take up ten pages.
3: Right. Yeah. And you can't
0: have a ten page conversation in a comic book because you need punching. <laughs> uh, so, so th- that freedom I like about it, and there's. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm getting. I I like the idea of comics. That I create a comic book, uh, I I write it. I, if I have one special superpower in the whole world, is that I can write a comic book script and see what it's going to look like when Mm -hmm. it's done. And and I'm pretty good with that. I I don't have that superpower for screenplays yet because it's going to go through a thousand different sort of. people before it gets to the actual screen.
1: So Yeah, so let's right. talk about that process. Like you you let's 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 roll back. Let's roll back. You you When did you first get word that you might be involved in the film? Was it I, I presume it was because of your work on Mr. Miracle, but was it like DC said, Hey, you crushed on Mr. Miracle and we're doing a new Gods movie. We want you to meet with Ava was it Ava reading Mr. Miracle and saying, Holy shit, I, I need to get this guy on the team like like how how did you get the green light to be the co-writer of the film.
0: Uh, as Ava called me directly, reached out to me through Twitter. Um, thank God I followed her. <laughs> uh, and was incredibly kind. And so she
1: just DMs you. She slides in your DMs like, so "Hey, Xavier Duvernay," it. and you're like, "Oh shit, what's up?"
0: Yeah, she had uh, she had read Mr. Miracle and she was impressed by it. Damn. And uh, and wanted to sort of meet me and talk, just kind of form a brain trust about sort of what new gods would be, and fly out to LA. And I went out to that. I t- uh, went with Julian Lytle, friend of the show, Julian Lytle. Yes, um, gotta, yeah, who is the world's expert on new gods, and came up with the phrase dark side is. Yes. Uh, so Julian and I went out there, and we met with Ava for a week, and we um, there were other writers there. And we sort of talked about the movie, and I it was kind of, I think, it, in retrospect, and I think she told I me, mean, she actually told me, she was like, that was sort of a test to see if I could do it. And I passed whatever test that was. And she called me and said, This movie's going to go. Do you want to write it with me? And I said, Yes. It was as easy as that. And she was super awesome. I cannot describe, I mean, now, now I'm doing the TV stuff, so I'm doing a lot of Hollywood people, and I'm doing a lot of Hollywoodish meetings. And I grew up in Hollywood. My mother was a studio executive. Um, for Warner Brothers, so I grew up on the studio lots. Uh, so, but and Ava is is a cut above. She's just she's brilliant and she's kind and she's a good manager of people. She she would write a hell of a crisis event. She <laughs> was, she, she could do all those things that I can't do. That I just want to sit in a room and and type and make up the next story.
1: Well, you know. when you see her next, tell her that we are all big fans of when they see us. I thought that was amazing.
0: I did so. too. I thought that was so brilliant. No, I told her when she lost the um. Emmy, I called her and, and told her she had been ripped off, and she was so humble about the whole thing. It made me sick. <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Man, when I lost my first Eisner, I walked out." <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, she's she's super cool.
1: That's neat. Uh, it is, it is. So it's been a fun experience. But is there? So you don't you don't know? If, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's Dap, Do you know? Like, has there been a release date? Public? Is that is that all? Is that public? I don't no,
2: know. no, I don't think anything's been uh, announced yet. So,
1: yeah, I yeah, so, stuff,
0: but I can't say stuff.
1: Well, no, so, I'm just, again, but but I think the process is fascinating. So, functionally, you're cranking out pages. Do you have, like, is it is Ava your boss? Like, does she say, hey, what's going on with the script? Or do you have it, like, how does it, how, how are you being held accountable? Like, do you have a specific deadline, which, again, you do have to tell us when it is, where it has to be done? I mean, are you getting, are you constantly submitting pages and then getting uh, comments from all types of people at the studio and having to rewrite? Like, what is the process like?
0: Uh, man, I can't answer any of those questions. You're asking yeah. such good questions and I can't answer mm-hmm. any of them. I can say it's organic, I can say she's in control, she has a vision. Um, okay. she she knows what it wants to be and it's a and it's a beautiful thing and it's a and uh and we're working to create it. I don't know. See it's all Pablum. It just comes out as Pablum. Oh, it's all right. All right. I apologize, you know. I just have no control over. It.
1: Uh no, okay. okay. I got all a question right. for you.
3: Yeah. So I assume you're privy to the behind the scenes creative aspect of the movie the the production designs the, the 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 you know costume design stuff like that yeah well
0: it's, it's all very weird because now you know i'm i'm because now i'm sort of in the middle of a lot of it you know i'm going i'm finding out sort of what you know the next you know because the whole what the slate is going to be in the plan for all of them mm. it's weird how much crap i have in my head about the
3: next but, movie. but you've seen some of the designs for the new gods right
0: um, I could neither confirm nor deny anything. Mm. Hilarious.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: Yeah. But I want
0: that Kumal Nanji trainer to come and turn me... Is the
2: writer, there you go. Right? Mess. Damn. Just got to be in the Eternals now.
0: <laughs> we'll see, man. That Eternals movie could change everything. Who knows?
3: Mm. I don't see that
2: happening. I haven't seen anything from it. But it's it. good. No. I love
0: what I wrote. I can say that. I love what I wrote. It's fun to be with these characters again. I feel like um it's visiting my family or something all these guys the 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 fun thing about jack Kirby's new gods is it's it's just a beautiful creative world to write in um all the tools are there you know you you want a um you want a, a weird mother uh, a father or another mother son relationship that's there you want a cool assassin that's there you just you reach for something and there's always like the exact character you want is available it's just, it's a
1: beautiful world to write in
0: Unlike Batman is a much harder world to write in. And why is that? Uh, Because Batman has very limited locations. You get to Batman, you're like, okay, you're on a rooftop, or you're in an alleyway. That's true, yeah. Or you're... Either
1: by the Bat Light on the top of the the police station, or the mansion, or... Right, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, or you're in the dock, and... uh, and you reach for characters in Batman, and they're all being used. Like, oh man, I want Penguin. No penguins in the Batgirl book. I mm-hmm. want. Okay, well, it's it's a much more complicated. Yeah, it's it's a harder storytelling world than the New Gods. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I know you can't say anything about New Gods, but I would hope that they would build the structure around the Pact, because that, to me, is the 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 whole chewy center of the New God saga is the Pact, right? I I'm, I know you can't can, you can't say yay or nay, but th- that's the motivation for the whole saga. Well, I
0: mean, you can see in the Mister Miracle book I wrote that the pact is at the center of that book. The idea right. that Scott yes. was given up. So yeah, I don't I don't think you can write New Gods out, sort of thematically speaking to that. That's sort of the mythos of the whole thing.
3: Yeah. Right. Backbone. But you do get you know cool assassins, and I'm I'm guessing that Superman's probably not going to come into it. <laughs> Yeah <laughs> uh, well the well, uh, the Avengers will be in it. So
1: yeah. that's the real okay. thing. And and right. Don, Don Rickles Don, we, Don Rickles won't be in it. Okay, so. we can't talk about we're not allowed to talk about. It. Listen, do us a favor. To text Ava after we're done the show. Tell her we want her to come on the show to yeah. talk about new gods. All right? we'll, we'll, it's all good. It'll be great. Appreciate that hook up. Um well let's talk about strange adventures. Yeah.
0: Please. That's why I should be pushing buy strange adventures. If you We can my talk
1: book. about that, yes? Yes. And by the <laughs> way, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it one hundred with you.
0: Yes. Uh, you hate Adam Strange.
1: No, 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 no. Oh. But, Mr., uh, you know, people aren't social. I'm holding you directly responsible for me not getting my Doc Shainer commission in New York Comic Con. Just putting it out there. <laughs> directly responsible. You and Daryl are to blame. I, you, you, Just like Jim Lee owes you a cover, you both owe me a Doc Shainer commission. I'm just saying. Was it a Doc Shainer domino? Was it? <laughs> yes, it was a Doc Shainer domino, yes. <sighs>
0: I can't even imagine that in my head. It'd be like this very clean cut, nice dog.
1: Yes, it would be. It would have been wonderful, but uh, but unfortunately, you all went out and kept him out late every night. So,
0: I'm He's sorry. So I'm it. over it
3: now. And so young.
1: Obviously, you're not over it. No, I'm not over it at <laughs> <over it> all. <laughs> I'm not over it at all. <laughs> but but no, all kidding aside. Um, Strange Adventures, you, Mitch, Doc, coming out in March. Coming out in March. Um, in
0: Solistics now. Yeah. that you want to order it. Mr. Miracle, the first issue sold out twice, so if you don't want... If you want a first printing, you have to order it. So, this will be similar, I believe.
1: But, but speak on it for us. Tell, tell us everything we want to know. Sell the book.
0: <laughs> oh, shit, I'm back in one of those boring DC panels. to pitch the book.
3: Is, uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> is it uh, a mature it, reader's title?
0: It is. There's sex. Actually, we're dealing with that right now because where they want to do a six-page preview in the back of all the comics, and in the first six pages, there's a sex scene.
1: Nice. Full frontal?
0: Is there any other kind of frontal? Nice. Yes. Uh, is it Black <laughs> Label? Uh, no, it's 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 on Mr. Miracle. It's for mature readers, or whatever it's called. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, or recommended for mature something or other. It just means you can't download it directly from Comicsology.
1: Is that really what it means? Uh... Like, is that the, that's where they draw the line? I didn't know that that was the thing.
0: Uh, yeah, you have, that, that was, that's, I mean, as far as, in terms of, like, the actual difference it makes to the comic book reader, I think that's the biggest thing, is that it, no, it, it doesn't pop up on the DC app. You have to kind of go around and order it a it's, it's, it's like a little weird thing with getting it online.
1: It makes sense. It, it. Well, I mean, that, that's for the 2% of people that actually get it online and pay for it versus just downloading it illegally, but that's another conversation for another day. Yeah. So- <laughs> What people illegally download comics? So I've heard, yeah. So I've heard, but uh, that's
0: next thing you tell me people read them on the toilet. Is a fucking- Seriously,
1: <laughs> God forbid it. So yeah, so 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 this um, talk about the germ of the idea, and and, and have you, uh, you know, has this been in your uh, rolodex of ideas you'd like to get to when you have the opportunity? Like how, how long ago did you decide that this was the thing you wanted to do with Mitch?
0: Near the end of Mr. Miracle, so almost—I feel like almost a year back now. It's been a while. Uh, I was out for his—I'm the godfather to his godson, to my godson, <laughs> his son West. Um, and I was out for the baptism, and it was near the end of Mr. Miracle, and we were like, "Okay, we're going to decide on our next project." And we literally like went through shelves looking at who, which character we could mess up the most and make sad and look out the window. And uh, and we I was like, how about the elongated man? It's like, what? who fucking cares? Uh, how about um, you know arm fall off boy? Or um,
1: nice. I'd read the hell out of that. <laughs> yeah, I was. I hope your I hope your third secret project is arm fall off boy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or kite man, or just anything. Uh, we ah, literally you, going. You,
1: through- I think you've told all the stories about kite man that need to be told. <laughs> I,
0: kite man is featured prominently in Batman eighty five out tomorrow. Uh, and uh, so we were literally going through the list, and he lit up upon he lit upon Adam Strange just just like that. Just me sort of looking at his shelf and seeing what he sort of had got. And he had some. He had the Adam Strange omnibus. And I said, Adam Strange. He's like, oh, I like that. That's a, that's Yeah, I'd like to draw that. I'd like to draw jetpacks. And so I went home that night, and sort of a, a few things I had been working on thematically that I sort of wanted to address my next book on um, uh, were swirling in my head. Um, stuff about, I, w- I wanted to talk about, um, uh, the, uh, the, the, the attempt is, the same thing we did with Mr. Miracle, where the, the attempt is, we're gonna to try to do another. We're not gonna. We're gonna fail, but we're gonna to try to reach those sort of Watchmen-esque heights. Um, I just read Watchmen last week, uh, and well, we're not gonna hit that. So <laughs> we're gonna fucking try. It's so <laughs> brilliant. Uh, and the idea, and we wanted to do again a self-contained twelve-issue story that was ambitious, and bl- like Watchmen and, and New Frontier and all sorts of Superman, so just spoke to the time it's being written. That was actually contemporary, but you know, but also timeless. But something that could you know. That could be artful, and, and also to sort of meet meet the expectations of sort of. I feel like when um, uh, t- Trump got elected, the idea was everyone's was like, "Oh, well good art is going to come from this?" Like that was our one consolation. It was a sh- <laughs> and uh, and I don't think we've really seen that so much. We're starting to, but we haven't. You know, we're not where um, we're not we're not we're not doing punk in the '80s yet, right? Hmm. Under under Margaret Thatcher. Warren Craighead's
3: done some good Trump drawings, but yeah, yeah. I, I understand. I get what you mean. Yeah.
0: But in terms of like a whole artistic
1: revolution, right.
0: we haven't had, right. it, it, or at least it hasn't been worth the squeeze, you know? Um, so well, the idea, well that,
1: that is for sure. Here's to that. Yeah.
0: The, the idea would be to make something that, a, a, about our current situation and, and to just to take on the responsibility of being someone who makes good art in, in, in sort of these times. Um, and so all these sort of themes were floating around my head with Adam Strange. And, uh, and I got this, this basic idea of telling sort of two stories at once. Um, the idea of sort of the myth of who Adam Strange is, uh, and, and, and who Adam Strange sort of actually is, and sort of playing with the tension between those two things. Um, cause to me, Adam Strange is that, is that character. He's like, um, Tarzan. Um, those 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 old colonial characters. that were sort of a, a man goes into a for, a white dude goes into a foreign land and conquers it and becomes a, uh, a super cool person. It's like the second son British nineteenth century ideal of who uh, a colonial is. And uh, and of course the idea of of that is you know that that's not what colonialism was. It actually was much dirtier and terrible than that. So 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 to to take that sort of tension and, and, and talk about both the ideal vision of it and the dirty vision of it. And then when I get in my head, I was like, well, I'm working with, with Mitch, who for lack of a better word is like a master of comic dirt. He's a master of, of grounding things and making you feel like you're actually there and that you can smell and taste the world you're in, in comics. And, um, and Mitch's best friend, who I'd worked with, or one of Mitch's best friends, who I'd worked with earlier is Doc Shaner. And, uh, And Doc is the master of the ideal. That's what he does. If you close your eyes and think of a superhero, think of your ideal version of a DC superhero, Um, ten years ago you'd be seeing Darwin Cook. Nowadays you'd see Doc Shannon. And so that's where the idea came out. was like, okay, well I can do a comic where I can divide it into two different parts and I can show an ideal world and a real world and I can combine these two artists in a way I haven't seen before where we can, like I said, we can do it An ambitious 12 issue project with two different artists that's never been done before and and two different stories and combining them. I was like, yeah, okay, now this is good. And then I came up with a secondary character who we haven't announced yet. So it's Adam's, it's called Strange Adventures, but it's not all about Adam Strange, it's about two different characters. And so then we put those two together and through the book came from there. And so, yeah, so it's 28 pages uh, for five bucks. So it's a little more expensive, but you get a little more material out of it. Awesome. And, uh, and you, and it's, it's a combination of art I don't think you've seen before, where sort of Mitch and Doc aren't just like switching off pages, but the, like mm-hmm. inside one page, you know, Doc will do a panel, and then Mitch will do a panel. Um, because that's, when you're working with two best friends who are on, who can talk to each other all day, they can do things that other artists can't do. So, yeah, it's beautiful. I'll send you guys a copy. I have the final, the first issue. Oh, hell, hell yeah.
1: Do it up. Oh, thank you.
0: I'll send it to you. It's right funny. on. And it is beautiful. It's the best work. I don't know. And fucking writers always say this, but it's the best work of Doc's and Mitch's career, in my opinion. Um, and Mitch has won two Eisners, too. He didn't even won one and a half. He has two to himself, that asshole.
1: He does. <laughs> he does indeed. That's true. All
3: right. So here we go. You got Batman, Catwoman. You got Strange Adventures and that other thing. That's all done. This that's is This done. is imaginary scenario time. That it's all finished, you've you've completed them. What do you do now? If you could do anything, any company, any character, you're Tom King. What do you what do you want to do? You know, I I, I was talking to
0: Daryl. You know, Daryl Daryl, Daryl Taylor. You guys know. Him. Yeah. So Daryl's a good buddy of mine. We we're talking about this today. And I was telling him I was like I love doing these twelve issue series, but if I do three a year. I plan on writing comics, you know, until um until I'm dead. But let's just say I retire when I'm 61, 20 years from now. Um, that's 60 12 issues. That's a crazy number of of novels, right? No what what good novelist wrote 60 novels?
3: Um, Ooh, I don't know about besides that. Besides Stephen King?
0: No. Besides Stephen King. But There's... I'm saying if you you know, like like, you know, the Hemingway's and the Fitzgeralds didn't write 60 novels. Then if you write 60 Series, like, one's going to be the 60th worst one. And, wow. Wow. feel so bad for that one, right? <laughs> uh, I, 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 I uh, what do I want to do next? I don't know. I want to, I want to do something good. I don't want to fucking do bad, shitty comics. Right. I know.
3: <laughs> I, no, I completely understand, because the, 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 the germ, the, for inspiration, maybe it hasn't come yet for something that you're not currently steeped in but have you you know you pick up your books at the comic shop or whatever you're 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 walking through barnes and noble and you see a cover that someone else has drawn and you're like hmm i I could do something pretty cool with that character you know or any anything along those lines where you, you 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 just have seen something that may lead to something else Please say Domino. Please say Domino. Please say Domino. <laughs> it's gotta be Domino. No, he wants to sell. He doesn't want to <laughs> be please. relegated to the gutters. Yeah, that's hurtful. That's hurtful. Oh my god. How oh, do you take that personally?
0: Any character can sell. True. Any he character. just
1: he, he he just sold doing stories about the vision and Mr. Miracle, he can sell the Domino comic. Yeah, he sure, sure can.
0: You could, I mean, we you, you won't be competing with Batman, but you'll be, you'll <laughs> be doing fine. <laughs> and, you, and and hey, I make more money off the Mister Miracle trades than do the off the Batman
1: trades. Nice. So, um, and why is that? Got contract. Well, Mr. no, but Miracle- I'm saying, but why would that like why? I mean, DC owns both characters, so why would that be?
0: Well, Mister Miracle is a special case where it was sort of a crossover hit because it hit a lot of mainstream publications. Nice. Okay, got it. Yeah, and that means the bookstores start to buy it in big quantities because they want to put it up. Beautiful. Um, the, that doesn't happen for the ninth volume of Batman. <laughs> right. Uh, they 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 by the ninth volume they kind of know what their orders are so they kind of mm-hmm.
1: just. Also, well, like Vince said, you, Vince asked you were talking to Daryl, and so all right, so you're not going to do sixty twelve issue series over your career, but but um, I mean, but what does that? I mean, are you? I. I Ask it a different way. I mean, you you did uh, you did sheriff. Then you know you've you kind of went to the mainstream. Do you do you envision at some point? Uh, I presume you have ideas of of your own that aren't characters that were th- were in the uh, that are are in the big two pantheon. And and then also I think a lot of us would love at some point to see you back. Uh, working with Marvel, I realize that's probably a long way away given your current status at DC. But, but um, there have to be other ideas that that uh, are on that short list of things that you were scribbling feverishly as you were trying to sell copies of your novel at cons for years <laughs> before people knew who you were, right? Like, there's there's got to be other other ideas that you can't wait to let the world see. Yeah.
0: I mean, I mean, right now, and Lord knows this will end soon enough. But right now, my brain is good at coming up with ideas. It's not... Um, I've, I've never been the kind of person who's like, someone's like, oh, you have to pitch something tomorrow, come up with an idea, and, and I don't come up with it. Um, I can always sort of get that done very quickly. Um, so I don't... Right now, that's not a super big worry. But in terms of like, oh, this is the one idea I have to do. I mean, to me, I, I, I'm more... I have to find the... Um, the right place to put the idea is more important. Like the the, the freedom is more important than the idea. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of, of you know rather than ask like what characters you want to do, what artists you want to work with, you know, or or what format do you want to work in, or that kind of thing. I uh, my I don't know. My ambition is just to uh, I want to make fucking I don't know a, a comics that sort of. I, I want to do what um. Eisner did you know when he was sixty in his sixties and he wrote um, you know his 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 graphic novel run um I've, i i want to do um, those kind of things i want to do what the um the bros Hernandez did uh, where, where they sort of redo the format i i i, I want to do comics that sort of um are as good as the best novels that have ever been written. I don't think I can do that, but if you're talking about what I want to do, I want to do that.
3: Mm-hmm. So you want to expand beyond the current mainstream, um, I don't want to call it a cage, but the, the mainstream arena that you're currently in, you want to go and and just see what you could do beyond that. Because Eisner didn't do that within the mainstream, right?
0: Yeah, but Alan Moore did. I mean, you watch, Watchmen is... I mean, I know it's new characters and all, but it's the Charltons' characters basically yeah, yeah. suited up. I mean, I, I don't think I think you can do that kind of stuff in a in a mainstream environment. Um, I mean, that 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 said, like I had, I met with all the I don't know. I I ran the Bald Brotherhood Gauntlet this year. I, I um, I I hung out with Brew Baker. I hung out with Brian K. Vaughn. I hung out with Brad Meltzer.
2: About Bendis.
0: Uh, i been, and I, I hung out with Bendis, but he's a he's a special case because he's those guys are the guys I super admire. And Bendis is also one of them, but Bendis, unlike most of the people of that generation, um, he didn't jump out. He just kept going. Bendis is going to do 60, 12 issue series by the end of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But those, th- th- those, those guys were like, no, they're, they're all three of them are the same thing. They're like, Tom, get off the, ho- you know, go write your saga, um, go write your criminal. Like that's where you have to go. Like they were pounding that Yeah. I feel like I'm arrogant coming across saying all this shit.
1: No, well, listen, wait, boy, that, that's an interesting statement. Okay. So let's talk about that. So you've got these other creators that are, you know, considered by many to be the best of their generation. And you have the opportunity that you've been afforded by moving up the ranks of, of the industry to to get to have genuine sit downs with them and, and shoot the shit as colleagues. And they all kind of say, Hey man, like, you know, go do you, you know, go do you. But, uh, but I, I'm always fascinated by that because I think that is advice we hear a lot from all the creators that we have on the show. Um, whether they be illustrators or writers or both, where they're peers who have made it in the image slash creator owned world and say, this is what you gotta do. And we've had friends say, you know what, like, I get that, but I love doing big two. Like, I love mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Like, and, and it's like, it's not that I'm against doing the other things, but, like I don't want to apologize for wanting to spend a big chunk of my career doing big two. So you you kind of threw this out there where these guys that you respect gave you that advice, but you didn't give us the punchline. Do you, do you, what, what do you, what's your, what was your response to them when they said, Tom, you've got to go do your saga. Like, what did you say? I can, I am doing my saga. It's called strange adventures. I mean, did, like what was your response? I mean, that,
0: that was, that was my. I was, I was like, well, I'm I'm perfectly sort of content doing what I'm doing now. But then I always feel like you're going to be dragged into John Byrne. Like, you know, John Byrne famously said he was the Marvel's company man, whatever that was, in 1980, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And then when Image happened, John Byrne, uh, you know, that that was a boat that produced millions and millions of dollars and tons of freedom. And John Byrne wasn't on that boat because he was a company man. And I feel like that's. Affected his whole career. Like you don't want to be the guy who's not on the boat because you're saying, "Oh, I love this company." So you always have to keep one eye on the door. Um, so I, I, I so I, I know Frank Miller pretty well. I'm dropping names left and right. <laughs> um, but like you look at Frank's Frank's career, and and I mean he did his he did his most artistic work, his Born Again, his for the big two. I mean he did Sin City and did 300 independently so that's not nothing um but when he goes to cons he's still signing batman books people aren't going to be like oh man that's the three years you took off to do the robocop movies that was a great decision like there is something about just working on these properties and making the best you can that sort of leaves you a legacy um you you can never deny
3: yeah i think in frank's case though he was lucky to be the guy that not only wrote the best batman story ever but also wrote the best Daredevil story ever.
0: And the best Captain America story in the four panels he appears in Born Again.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: I don't know. Now, but he did write he Captain we, America. I got to tell 100%. you something. 100%. If I'm Ed Brubaker, who you just shouted out as having uh, someone you admire and you had chilled with, I'd be feeling some kind of way right now because Ed's been about four years writing Captain America stories quite effectively.
0: Dude, well, I wrote Batman for 85 fucking issues and I didn't touch the four issues of year one. We're all on the goddamn <laughs>
3: point. It's seriously. N- not not seriously. But the uh, the point I'm trying to make is Frank Miller is a very, very unique individual among comic book writers where he, he did break uh he did strike gold within the mainstream but only because he wrote the absolute best instances of the characters he touched uh if you take sin city and compare it to dark knight returns i like sin city but it's it's a one-trick pony compared to dark knight returns which is the final word on on batman
2: like, i know this is gonna upset fans, fans. I, I, I know
1: it's gonna upset fans but i think well first of all yes the original dark knight i agree with you is in- is impeccable and above anything that we got from Sin City. But personally speaking, I think Sin City from start to finish was a far more consistently excellent work than everything Frank has done with Dark Knight. Because I don't think Dark Knight, DK2 and DK3 especially, are in no way, shape, or form, in my opinion, and we've talked about this on the show, close to the caliber of the original Dark Knight. Whereas I think Sin City is, I agree, never hits the high of Dark Knight. But it damn sure never hits the lows of DKR3. Because
3: it's the same story every time.
1: Uh, again, it's all up. I'm, I'm, I understand you're coming at it from different direction. But I'm just saying, like, I I, I am loath to dismiss Sin City. Interestingly enough, we've rarely ever talked about Sin City on the show all these years. But, but I, I, I adore Sin City. And it would be, outside of Dark Knight, it would be my favorite work of Frank's. So...
3: Well, sure. If you take Dark Knight Returns away, and you like Sin City more than Daredevil, yes, absolutely. That's just crazy talk. I love you, but that's that's no.
1: I, 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 again, I know that's not a popular opinion. But yeah, well, it doesn't on.
3: have to be popular. I mean, I'm. I just. I. I don't know. You got but me again, the, and,
1: and listen, we're splitting hairs here, right? I mean, I, I. You've never heard me utter a word other than absolute praise for for his Daredevil. I don't. I mean, and and not to mention his. I on a recent. Uh, Patreon video, I I said that that Frank's Wolverine was the best of the Marvel 80s limited series. I mean, I, I'm a huge unabashed Frank Miller fan, even though we give you shit for, for his output with the, with the last D.K.R. book. I, I I think he is, he deserves his reputation. So again, we're talking. Sure. I think we're mincing, we're comparing like a Bugatti and a Lamborghini. I'm I'm not trying <laughs> to say like like one sucks and one is great. I think they're all phenomenal and and on the short list of greatest comics ever made in our lifetimes.
3: Well, okay, but I think the, the the general consensus is that Frank Miller's best work occurred within the mainstream. I, big big picture. The, if you polled all of the yeah, comics, yeah, I mean,
1: like like when it, like in the in two hundred years, when someone brings up the name Frank Miller, yes, I I think that the things that will come to fore are Daredevil and 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 Dark Knight. Yeah, I agree. Right.
3: So if your legacy is within this guy created the best Batman story ever, the best Dare- Daredevil just humor me, Daredevil story ever within the mainstream, why can't Tom keep playing in that damn sandbox? He's gonna have his Dark Knight returns. He absolutely can. Right. That's what I'm that the whole point of all that was just saying that you can't fault the dude from from uh, plan within the mainstream sandbox. Yeah, maybe which you could make such more money. An interesting take no, I was just gonna, but that's what he wants to do. Let him do it. Right. He's getting, he's obviously getting paid, which is great. But that, I, I just don't like to see the guys that work behind the drawing board or the, or the typewriter for decades. And you see them at conventions and they're like, you know, they're they're the name on the hero initiative, Jug. When, you know, can you give $2 because so-and-so has got needs a kidney? You know, I don't like to see that. Yeah, if they could branch out and go to Image and make bundles of money, then that's great. But if they want to stay within the mainstream, I, whatever. Well, I just don't like to see guys yeah. not get theirs. Well,
0: let let me give you, not- I, I give you an example of John Byrne. Let me give you a counterexample. Sure. Uh, of, so, like, I was reading an interview. I read comic book interviews for fun. But I was reading an with Steve Englehart from, like, 1982. And he was talking about... Now, Steve did this famous run on Detective Comics. He had nine issues with Marshall Rogers. Mm-hmm. And it's it's considered to be, after Frank Miller, the second best Batman, by a lot of sort of super fans. And he was talking about leaving that book. And he's like, I was tired of the editorial. I wanted freedom. So, and, he, and he's, he's there at that point. He's like, and I just got these two contracts to write a novel. I'm going to become a novelist and become... And, and do real art instead of this boring comic book.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you're Oops. reading this interview, and you want to scream at Steve Engelhardt. You're like, stay on Batman! Like, th- th- this is, and he of course he comes back, he does Silver Surfer, and he does all that stuff later on. Um, but you, you can make the mistake to think that um, uh, your shit doesn't stink, therefore you're bigger than Batman, you're bigger than this industry, and you're bigger than these people. There, there's something pure about these mainstream characters that, that does help you, yeah. um, and 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 helps you get into the heart of the fans in a way that you can't get to in an indi- independent environment.
3: I wonder what Engelhart's deal was back then too. I'm sure he wasn't raking it in, just no. you know, just writing Daredevil or um, no. or Detective. So you can't really fault him for wanting to you know get more, but in hindsight, yeah. You, you really should have stayed on, Detective. <laughs> oh. uh,
0: so, it, it, I don't know, it goes both ways. But yeah. the, the, the main thing I want to do is to find the freedom to make great comics. I mean, that's the well, number one thing I want to do. And if I it's independent, think- then it's independent. If it's in the the, the the companies, it's in the companies.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I think knowing you personally, and you I think alluded to this in the beginning of the conversation, which I don't want people to gloss over, you know, you say your writing process is, is, is largely moments and ideas and then in this case, you joke that you just, you come up with an idea and then you let Dan the deal pick the characters and I think we're half joking, but not but half if,
0: joking. hundred percent happen. I'll show okay.
1: So, so, well, even better than the, to my point, which is to say that, that if, if, as you say, if that is your process, then by all means, it, I can understand why your colleagues or your peers would be pushing you to try a creator owned book because, um, again, it doesn't for you. It's not about like, oh, I have the greatest, um, you know, um, uh, a Demolition Man story ever to tell. You have an idea, and then you think to yourself, like, "Oh, Demolition Man is the kind of character that could be a good foil for that story, right?" So, um, but the other thing I wanted to say is again, and not to get too much into the business side, but um, you know, I think an interesting sidebar would be to look at the world of creator-owned comics, and that it it is, while I think it's still far more fertile ground than it was. Um, maybe when we started this podcast back in the day um, post the, you know, then we had the Kirkman quote unquote manifesto and all that good stuff. But I mean, real talk, I mean, I know we don't get into the numbers much anymore and I think that's a good thing, but, but I would posit and, and, and have some pretty good firsthand knowledge of this from other friends that, um, you know, long gone the last few years, the days where everybody can just jump in and do an image book and start raking in dollars, right? Like, like that, that window came and went pretty quickly. There was like a four or five year window where all of these image books were being launched and selling big numbers. And all of these guys were like, damn, I'm making more in one year at image than I made in three years at Marvel or DC. That is really gone by the wayside. There are very few books launching an image with the numbers that would say support the decision to go that route. Um, now it's a different equation. If you can do image books and do Marvel or DC books. But in terms of like the, Oh, just stop doing big two comics and make your own stuff. Like there really aren't many creators out there that you can say are better off financially right now in doing that. I mean, there are the BKVs, there's the brew bakers, but that's, there's not many. I mean, there's Scotty, there's Jeff Lemire, but we're, we're kind of at the limit there. I mean, at Kirkman, but you know, they're really a lot of these image puts out dozens of books a month now that do not make money for the creators. So I'm not sure the grass is as green as you know, the grass is always greener. I'm not sure it's necessarily as obviously green to jump over to the creator own side exclusively as it was say five, six, seven years ago.
0: I yeah I think that's, that's genuinely true. Um, although, the uh, the other side of that, Jason, would be that right now the big money in all of entertainment is there's a gold rush in TV.
2: Sure, sure. Um,
0: because uh, there's all these stupid streaming services are way overpaying
1: for all TV. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: So if you want to get into that game, you got to go indie. And if you can get into that game, there are gold mines. There is gold right. at the end of that rainbow.
1: So do you have like an agent and stuff? I assume these days, like that handles all that for you.
0: Oh yeah, I got all that crap.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this t- this TV show you keep admonishing yourself for being involved in, um, is it is it a DC TV show or is it your own creator own stuff or what? It-
0: it's a show that I cre- it's a show that I created that's been purchased by a major network um, okay. and has a big movie star in it and um, and so it, it looks really good on paper like it's a good thing to brag to people about. Um, but you know, you're going through all that process of just writing the pilot and rewriting it and know oh, this executive moved here and so, you know, all the fucking Hollywood bullshit that everyone complains about. It's all sort of true. It's a lot of hurry up and wait. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a TV show that I, it's not based on anything. It's, it's going to say created by Tom King at the end of it. And I wrote the pilot, and, uh, if it goes, it goes and it's been, it's been purchased. Like it's, we have the money to make it. So we just got to make it. Um,
1: okay. So
0: yeah, it's, it's cool. Um, which is another thing. Maybe I'm not sort of rushing into image because I sort of have that going on. So I sort of am down that road with that thing.
3: That's a good thing to have going on.
0: Yeah, where I'm, you know, and uh, and and I could have showrun that if I had wanted to. They 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 offered it to me to showrun a TV show, but I just didn't think I had sort of the experience, and the and I just didn't want to be away from my kids. Be in LA for uh, three months without my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I sort of couldn't do that. But I but I can. I have a, very much the freedom on that show to write as much as I want and not write as much as I want. So it's, respect, a good respect. Um, but yeah, uh, what was that's a monetary stuff. Yeah, and you're exactly right that that image is not what it used to be. And um, and at least for me, just in terms of my own sort of personality, I love superheroes and I love writing superheroes, and that's not what image is. So that's sort of another hump I have to get past. Like, even my right. novels about superheroes. Like, yeah, I love mainstream superhero shit. I just. I adore that genre. I adore seeing movies about it. I enjoy reading comic books about it. I enjoy writing comic books about it. So um, I do have to sort of, in in terms of looking at indie, just finding a sort of a genre that I want to write in has been sort of a a, a challenge.
1: Well, I'm amazed amazed that uh, Lemire was able to do what he did with Black Hammer, right? Because it's, like you said, it's kind of doing both, right? He loves, just much like you, he loves superhero comics. And he was able to create a little mini Lemire verse, a la Mignola verse, yeah. where he's basically taking very obvious uh, analogs of, of yeah. pre existing superhero tropes and putting his own spin on it in his own world that he owns lock, stock, and barrel. And that is, a, <laughs> that is an achievement. So I, I tip my cap to him. It, it is, at the end of the day, it is pastiche though. No, it is. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, and and what's amazing to me on that front is that he, I mean, you know how much I adore him. He, he He's done a ton of different genres of creator-owned stuff very effectively, and, and monetarily so as well. And then he's obviously done a ton of great work working for Big Two, from early DC. Um, but at the same point in time, you know, I mean, like, he, he does this pastiche of, like, you know, of superheroes now that he owns, it's just it's kind of it's intriguing to me that he was able to make that transition, but obviously not burn bridges because they just did a Justice League Black Hammer crossover book, right? So right, <laughs> that that is some delicate. I mean, you talk about the uh, the the back office politics of comics, and I know Tom, you're you can't be at your position in the industry now and not be embroiled in that. I mean, that is a 24%. that has got to be a tough thing to navigate to say. Listen, I'm going to take all the tropes that you guys wanted to pay me to write. Like for your books, and I'm going to do them over here, and they're going to be very obvious to everybody what they are. But I'm going to own them, and then oh, by the way, we're going to do a crossover with your iconic team, anyway. Like, I mean, that is some deft maneuvering by Jeff on the political front.
0: I <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, I think DC doesn't super care. <laughs> but
1: yeah, yeah, maybe not.
3: Yeah, maybe yeah. they
0: should care. Maybe that's their problem. Right.
3: Yeah. I got a question for Tom. What's up? Uh. We have seen you on these very singular titles. Vision was, you know, the Vision and his nuclear family. Then we had... Mr. Miracle, which was a very, very, very small cast of characters. The Batman run basically focuses on Bruce and Selina. Yes, you had a lot of uh, satellites, Bane and and company. But for the most part, Bruce and Selina are at the heart of it. Do you have any interest at all in writing a team book? Like a
0: I'd love to write a team book. I wrote Omega Men, which was a team book
3: yeah. back in well, the yeah, day. Well, yeah, yeah.
0: That was the only time I got to do it. And it's hard. It is, it is a challenge because you'll be halfway through the book and be like, oh, I forgot Primus hasn't said anything in two issues. Of shit, Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Primus has to come. Yeah, I, I, like, um, I was an Avengers fan growing up. I thought X-Men were too cool for me. Um, Avengers was where I was at. And mm. I, that was my favorite book growing up. And, and still, By the way, the answer to what Avengers you should read is The Siege, stupid Jason Wood. Oh,
1: okay. Respect. Not right. sure I agree, but respect. hundred percent, Tom Palmer. Um, oh no, I mean I enjoy it, but I I wouldn't be. But anyway, okay,
3: But I was going to finish up that volley with, if I saw Tom King on a team book, I would love to see him write All Star Squadron for DC, Oof. and <laughs> the
1: Invaders for Marvel. Nice.
0: They just wrapped the twelve issue Invaders. Yeah, theory. I know, yeah. but you
1: can come in and do it better. <laughs> Shit, I'd like to see you do Justice League justice.
0: Oh, yeah. See, that's, that uh, That doesn't. I don't know. I, I need to take a break from doing a big mainstream book for a little while. Right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I said
1: All Star Squadron.
0: Um, yeah, All Star Squadron would be so much Right? Fun if so, yeah, I'd love to.
1: Yeah, I I'd love you for you to yeah. do something. I'd love for you to take the. to, to, to Mr. Miracle Eyes Alpha Flight. I'd love you forever.
0: Oh, God. Let's do it. I'm not Canadian enough, though, right? I don't know. What oh, I couldn't name <laughs> the stupid building I leaned off of in Toronto.
3: This is not bacon.
0: You know how much I loved Alpha. I was. I read every single fucking issue of Alpha Flight until it got really bad in like the late '80s. Mm. Yeah. I, on yeah. top of that shit, man, I loved Alpha Flight. Well, there
3: Real you go. Fact. Yeah, it got really weird when around the Mignola, uh, Jim Lee yeah, era. I right
2: yeah, no, it did. They really? all do,
1: right? I mean, all things come to an end. Yeah, it's like true. Excalibur got super weird too. With Kai Loon and Micro Max, and I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. they, all, they all they all go the way of the dodo. It's true.
3: Well, Isn't it weird though? We all try and recapture the 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 golden age of these these series we love so much. And and you just said it. Yeah. Well, it wasn't all golden for Excalibur and hmm. and uh, Alpha Flight. There was a lot of good, but then there's that little worm in that apple.
1: Yeah, and the sad truth is, it's even the stuff that you remember as being great isn't necessarily great like objectively when you reread it like you know right like it's 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 still good because it tugs at your heartstrings but it's it's not top of its craft a lot of times
0: yeah so I, I came into comics with avengers hey, comic? daredevil. avengers 300 oh i dread the shit about it's um i liked armored daredevil at the time <laughs> scott mcdaniel see uh, yeah, it looked cool it looked tree, cool. tree yeah, of knowledge yeah, yeah. remember it was it was a, it was a really good sequence when he built the armor. It was like it's like a spider's web, and he had the spider going down. It's awesome.
3: It's like Venetian blinds. Keep the light yeah, out. Venetian Let the light blind.
0: in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah, but I came in with Avengers 300, which is legitimately a bad Avengers team with Gilgamesh on. Like I, you're didn't...
1: way too old to come in that late. Why'd you come in so late? Ah, <laughs> uh,
0: that's I was like 10, 11. That's not so late, right? Like, how, how Wait, is, is that really? You're 41, right? That was late 80s, I feel like. Right? Okay.
1: All right, maybe, yeah, I guess I'm just... Yeah. What was
0: it? It was Inferno. I, I was sixth grade, so I guess...
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. All right.
0: Uh, I remember X-Men 242 being like the big gossip of my fifth grade class. So that must have been... Nice. Cool. I okay. feel
1: friggin' old. <laughs> I know, me too. Yeah, me too.
3: Mine was 52, my first Avengers 52. issue. 52. It's the one 52. the with... Um, Neil Adams drew it and you see uh, Thor, Captain American profile, uh, There's a, I don't even know what's going on, but it's its a Neil Adams cover.
1: I remember that. Okay, yeah, no, I mean, you're right. Uh, Avengers 300 was 89, so I was 15. Yeah, you would eat 11. Okay, yeah, pretty, you're, you're, good, you're good. Okay, good. I've <laughs> <laughs> <Not> checked out. <laughs> Numbers
3: line up, thankfully.
0: It's funny, my I have an 11-year-old now. He's turned 11 this week. And he has no interest in sort of the mainstream comics, like taking a comic off the shelf and reading. He'll, yeah, he'll read the um, he'll read those little graphic novels that you now all eleven-year-olds read. He'll read the the shit out of them, all those smiles and drama, wimpy
1: kid and all that stuff. Well,
0: yeah, yeah wimpy
3: it's kid. crazy. We did a Scholastic event, um, which was just it was a Scholastic event slash Santa thing, and um, they had stacks and stacks of books and they were all graphic novels for the most part the the all these young uh young readers titles they're all comics masquerading as you know th- something else but they're all comics yeah. and it's like oh, wow this is great
1: yeah it, i i had said that uh i had said on twitter that uh because you know we're at the end of the decade too and we're getting all these best of the decades and um i had cast a big side eye to uh to these lists because you, you cannot talk about the decade of American comics and not mention Raina Telgemeier. No, no. Like, no, that's like right. it might not be for you. Like, I don't think her work is for, say, the three of us on the show. Like, I don't think we're the intended audience for her. But, but there has been no other American comic book creator that's made more money selling books than she has in the last decade. I mean, she is an absolute tour de force and she's done more in the last decade for expanding the audience of, of those who read and love comics. So, I, I mean, she is an absolute. At or near the top of the most important comic creators, North American comic creators of the decade.
0: Yeah, Sm- smile is the you know, either X Men number one, or the Watchmen of the last five years. It's it's that that book is the game changer. That's the earthquake in comics right mm-hmm. now. Is yeah. that one is that one book? Um, and it's and it's so the irony of it is we're raising a generation of kids. Like my kids get assigned graphic novels in class, whereas when I was a kid, you had to hide your comics from. Oh, teaching.
1: definitely, yeah.
0: And and they're also, th- my kids are raised on superheroes in a way that I was never, like, where every single kid knows who um, Captain America is, and, and who even, like, these, like, you know, who the Vision and Wanda is, the- but they they haven't put the two together. <laughs> like, no. they know the language of graphic novels, they know all the characters, go in the comic stores and buy some comics.
1: No, I mean, uh, well, like, Tom, I mean, this is, is a great conundrum, right? I mean, uh, my, my youngest is uh, 10, going on 11 as well, and he just read of his own volition, Bone, from... From start to finish in a couple of weeks, and adored it. Um, Do you read
0: black and white or color? I'm uh,
1: he read the black and white, the one, the one volume. Yeah, the that's the one. Volume.
0: My son read that one too.
1: Yeah, um, but but and, but at the same time, and, and much like you're saying, I mean, with all kids their age, they he's seen every Marvel movie. He watches all the CW shows with me. Like he knows all these characters, all the esoteric characters, and um, but yet you know i have a comic room full of tens of thousands of comics in every collected edition ever created basically and he just has no interest in in combining those two things together um you know and i don't put pressure on my kids t- to read them i'm i'm stunned like i'm stunned that i have two high school kids and 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 one that's going to be 11 soon that that collectively have read you know less than 100 comics in the last 5 years like that that stuns me just because of how how present how omnipresent they are in their lives, but but uh, but it is what it is, you know. What are you gonna do?
0: Well, am I two I have a five year old and a ten year old, and the the ten year old girl she loves comics, but she's st- like they'll they'll read newspaper comics till they're dead. They'll read all the you know Calvin Hobbes, Far Side, Peanuts, um, all the but to go, I, I, there, sometimes they're going to be like, I'm bored, I am nothing to do. I was like, do you realize there's a room in this house that is full of every comic book trade ever? Like, and you're telling me you're bored? It's like, when I was a kid, I would just live in, I would never leave that room for, yeah, it makes no sense. But yeah, that kids, they'll grow up into the superhero stuff. I don't know, I think, we, we do need to get into those smaller sizes. We do need to get into those, um, just those, the, it's just a better package. Sort you of think way. so? Yeah. If you, put, I, if you put Power Pack in that, if you put
1: mm-hmm.
0: like that kind of stuff, my kids would read it. Then it's almost it's almost just like they see the bigger graphic novel and they're like, no, that's not for
1: me. Well, here's something we even asked you about how how because this is kind of ties into your your view of the form factor. Um, D, DC kind of went the other way with the form factor with the hundred pagers in Walmart, um, which you've obviously had a major hand in. Um, what's been the experience there? Has have, have you or or the company? given any evidence that that has had its intended purpose of expanding the audience?
0: <laughs> nah, I mean, um, I should tow the DC line and be the good John Byrne company man. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking great. We, sort of, we, we conquered comics and solved the problem. <laughs> uh, I will say this. Uh, my Superman story, Up in the Sky, which I wrote, I'm as proud of that as I am of Mr. Miracle, if you haven't read it. Um, it's with Andy Kubert on art, and it's... it's um, I almost feel like I never have to write another Superman story. I feel like I said what I needed to say. Mm-hmm. So uh, when that comes I know it was a Walmart book, so no one, everyone missed it. So when that comes out in trade and hardcover or whatever, you should, I recommend it. Sure. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't think that, I don't think that cracked the audience. I don't think that was the exact solution. I think it, it, the idea there was to get our foot in the door. and I think we got our foot in the door. But you're not going to break into Walmarts with a big, large comic that's in the back of the store in a weird bin next to the Pokemon cards.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: um, You're going to break into Walmart when you're at the front aisle with a book the size of Archie and it's a dollar. Um, and when they have to build up to that, I think that that's the whole point is that they're building a relationship with these stores where they can get to the point where they can say um, at, that, at, the, at the front aisle, instead of having the sixth copy of Us, have a 100-page giant Superman story so that like, i you know i i i read comics because my parents smoked and when they bought a pack of cigarettes they felt guilty and bought me a comic um like we we need that that that's that's what brings that that's what gets p- people addicted to our product is that idea that just just a parent being like oh i can get this for a fucking 99 cents sure throw it on and entertain a kid on the right <laughs> home
3: i think the approach was sound to give um non-comics buyers a chance to buy a nice thick comic for 4.99 that's great because if if you threw a, a an average size comic at them for 3.99 nobody in their right mind's going to buy that that, no. that that isn't already in the cult right so uh, if if you're going to go smaller more pages for around the same price i think they'd be reasonably successful you're getting more than than we get with the standard 22 page comic. Um, I, I think that's the major stumbling block with, with comics and, and society at large is that they're just too damn expensive and you don't get anything for it. Like 22 pages is great, but you, and, and I, I I'm sure you, I'm sure <laughs> You're you are not
0: getting 22 pages these days.
3: Right. But I'm sure you can convince a lot of people that 22 pages is, Oh, this is awesome. And then they say, what? $4 for this? <laughs> Are you kidding me? So we, I mean, comics. We need to get the the uh, stories out, yeah. But we have to make them attractive to people who would never consider buying this little floppy thing for four dollars.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. That's exactly right. We have to do that. Um, but but it's also about the comic book stores, and it's about making this into a culture and making people into those stores. I think I, I still have a lot of respect for comic book stores and for what they do. I think it's not about oh, always same. expanding, but bringing, bringing people in and making it sort of a special experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I mean, I was talking to um, Dan deal last week, and you should you wouldn't believe what The Watchmen sales are right now like they're obviously insane. So I mean, there's like what we, th- that market is out there, and they want to buy comics. We just have to make it right for them.
3: Do you think Alan Moore watched it? <laughs> no. You don't
1: think so? I don't
0: think he watched it. Did you watch it? Yes, start to finish. So good. I was jealous. I tried. Yeah. I want to. I want to nitpick it because because when you're a writer, you want things to be bad because that makes you think you could write them. Right. Uh, but then I was like, I was like started nitpicking it, and I was like, Ah, fuck it. I just why not just say I enjoy it and just enjoy it. Yeah, I liked it. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Did you guys hate it?
1: No, oh, I loved it. Yeah, it's, it's, well, I haven't finished it, but I, I mean, I loved what I've seen so far.
0: Yeah, it's super good.
1: It's it's it's. I mean, you can nitpick the CW shows. I feel free. No, They're really yeah. bad.
0: What do you guys think about the Watchmen controversy of making more Watchmen when Alan Moore says not to? What is your opinion on this subject?
1: Ah, uh-huh. we, we tackled that one before Watchmen came out. I mean, I think we all have different views there, but uh, but my, my, I mean, I guess briefly, my my stance is whatever happened, whatever you think of before Watchmen or this TV show or whatever, it it, it doesn't in any way change Watchmen existing for what it is. Um, so, like. I, you know, I, I think I just, I ended up judging before Watchmen by by the work itself. And some of it I really enjoyed and would happily reread and own collected editions. Some I will probably never think of again and didn't think was well executed. Uh, the TV show is a different thing entirely. I mean, I, I, I was skeptical of the TV show before I knew anything about it. In other words, I knew that HBO was doing a Watchmen TV show. And I presumed falsely that it would just be a eight to 12 episode retelling of the, of the Watchmen comic. And I, I just, I wasn't interested in that in the least. I just thought, well, we've already tried this. And, and uh, even if it's better executed than the film, I, I just don't know why we really need that. Like, like Alan, to me, that's perfect comics. And I just don't know why I need to take something that's perfect in one form and turn it into something that's not quite perfect. Um, so i was just incredibly surprised and happy uh that that it was something much different that very much treats the comic as a precursor and a prequel and canon but does its own thing with its own message and its own viewpoints and its own you know it's it's its its own underlying political messaging i just i i thought that uh that i i can't say enough about how i think it was a very daunting task to Pay homage to the source material, but to create something so viscerally unique, and I think I think they did it. So, like, kudos. But yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to speak for these dudes about what they thought of the whole thing.
0: But do you think it's immoral to build something when the creator says not to build it?
3: No. Like- no. Not at all. You know, no, I mean,
0: I'm, I'm, of, I'm, of that, I'm kind of of that mind too, and I kind of feel guilt. i forgot, man, this whole theme is me carrying crosses around. I know, right? But, uh, but I mean, I Are worship. You the last Catholic? I, I worship. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a half, I'm half Jewish, half Protestant. So I have some sort of sort of free side. Of okay. Um,
3: there's still a lot of guilt in there. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's nothing. You're I doing okay.
0: I did okay. Uh, so uh, i married a Catholic. So at least I have another hand. There you go.
1: No, I mean, listen. I, I, I mean, it, I, I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna get mad at anybody for having their own views as to that debate because I can respect the other side of it. But um, and should I have? I've made the argument on the other side of it at different points in my life. But, but uh, you know, listen, Watchmen is owned by DC. It's, it's not Allen's. It's, it's not. You know, and and, and and if anything, I mean, as we know, DC has tried to, at least from a financial perspective, make good. He 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 could be an insanely wealthy human being right now if, if all he had to do was cash the check. And more power to him for deciding not to cash the check if that's what he feels he needs to do for his own sense of self-worth. And, and who am I to say one way or the other whether he should or shouldn't have done that? But but once you opt out of the check, I, I can't feel bad that, like, then I kind of feel like, I, how could I possibly... Like, if you're not willing to fight that fight, then I, as a fan, have no obligation nor even any reason to fight that fight.
3: Right. Yeah, um, I think by not cashing the check, he's doing a disservice to his lineage. Um, you, If you can be disgustingly wealthy and set your children and your children's children and their children up, why not? Why not do it? You have this mega corporation that's willing to give you money, and you, you're not taking it on principle. That principle is extremely expensive, buddy. Like This is the world's most ridiculously costly um, principle ever. Just take the fucking money. Take the money. They want to give it to you. Why wouldn't you take it? I, I don't understand. I just don't. I love Alan, and I think he's the the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. But sometimes you want to just slap him. The, you could be disturbingly wealthy, and you're not taking the money just because.
0: But, I do think we overestimate, though. Well, we, but first of all, he, he does take some of the money. He takes the publishing money. Yeah, right. Um, which I think is probably the biggest pot. Uh,
1: so he does take the publishing money.
0: Yeah, he takes the publishing money.
1: Oh, I was not aware. Of but that
3: didn't anything. they want to buy him out right at one time, like with a, a really stupid amount of money?
0: I know some of this behind the scenes stuff. I don't know what's true and what's not. Okay. I mean, what, what's public and what's not. Um, but yeah, he 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 doesn't take the auxiliary rights movie. He gives those to Gibbons, which is so nice, such a nice thing to do. But talking, I mean, we should not overestimate what it means to make a character for a. Uh, to to have to have created a character and then have them on the TV screen how much money you make from that event it's not you can't retire on that money no it's but not, depending it's on not huge money I mean if you create something that's if, if you're Mark Miller and you sell it to Netflix that's different that's different. <laughs> right
1: or or Kirk right. and Walking Dead I mean that's
0: well yeah or Kirk and Walking yeah Kirk Walking yeah. that that's, that's that's you know generation
1: that's, that's G four money yeah
0: that's G four money but if you create it's, a character I mean... that's owned by a company and they use that character in a TV show. Even if your name appears up there, it's not. I'm telling, but, it's not that much. But it's kind of I mean, cute, I'm, I'm, though. I'm talking to someone who's, you know, they're making Vision into a TV show, and they're making, um, if, uh, you know, I have some experience with this.
3: Sure. But right, isn't it cute though that he has these these lofty um, ideas about works of art and and receiving compensation for them when all of the characters in his story that is widely regarded as the greatest story uh the greatest comics story ever written they're just um amalgamations from other characters Mm -hmm. because he couldn't use them
0: that to me is the crux of the matter and i hate to i mean i feel like i'm talking bad about an angel but um yeah like when he first i mean everyone's read the original pitch with the charlton's characters, yeah he didn't go and ask Steve Dickos permission if he could do do that mm-hmm. book, right? right? Precisely, right. Um, and so it seems to me to be on some level basically hypocritical, and and and, and especially from the guy who made Lost Girls, which you know,
2: yeah, <laughs> or oh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, well, which well,
0: are all
1: of a... works of other. Yeah, no, I mean exactly right. Yeah. I mean, I think I think we've had this conversation about Alan Moore. Couple times over the years, but I think you, you're all hitting the nail on the head. I mean, I, I love Alan Moore. I think he's the greatest writer in comics history, and so you no know, well. disrespect to you, Tom, but you know, you got a lot of years to go to overtake him, maybe, but <laughs> that, no, but all serious. No, in all seriousness, I mean, I think he is the best comics writer. I think Watchmen is the best comic ever created. I, I, so like, I can't give him enough platitude, but I'm 100% with you guys. Like, like, Alan is his own worst enemy, commercially speaking. I think he has, he has a strange, ever twisting sense of, Um, like comics morality, which doesn't really hold water because of what you're suggesting. Like the vast majority of the works that he is most known for are amalgams of other things. I mean, we didn't even mention like the, like the, you know, Tom strong, like, like he, Mm -hmm. like he's made a career out of taking existing analogs and like tweaking them. Like, I, I think that's pretty much like one of his best talents. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, he does come in and make whatever he touches better. No, it, absolutely. Yeah, and without so without exactly question. A
1: lot of it is was sourced from someone else. Sure.
3: Right. I mean, his yeah. claim to fame, in the United States anyway, uh, the thing that got him on everybody's radar was Swamp Thing. He came in, took a, f- a failing series, and completely revamped it because they didn't care. Do whatever mm-hmm. you want with it. The, the sales are in the toilet anyway. We don't care. Nobody else is going to care because obviously they're not buying it. So just but, do what you want. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because he—it's not like he—he he launched it with the first issue. He no. came in, it, so I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it, again, it, it, he it made it, it better, like uh, right, yeah. like disturbingly yeah, he better. His mark on things, um, yeah. as, as far as because um, I—I'm yeah, you know, I still haven't read any of the before Watchman stuff, and 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 with me, I, I absolutely adore. I think the TV show is a fantastic piece of work and, and what I appreciate about it and, and, and how I can, because yeah, Watchmen is this, this singular thing that, that it, you don't need to tell that story any other way. It's a perfect comic. It exists in comics. You can do things in a comic book. You can't do anywhere else. They try to do it in a movie. It fails. You can't do it. It's a story that doesn't need to be told in every medium. It's perfect as a comic. Leave it alone. The Watchmen TV show. Is years at, it, it it takes follows the events from that comic and and builds on it and in my, it's a different medium and and I can appreciate that and 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 I think what they did they did great as, as far as presenting it as a TV show I don't know yes that could work as a comic book but I can't view it as a comic book so I- it, it it's its own thing it's based on on an existing property but they're not adapting that yeah if if you have the knowledge if you know where this where where the source material came from you you can enjoy it that much more but it's also its own thing before Watchmen I don't need to read because everything I need to know about the Watchmen universe is in those 12 issues I don't care what happened that other creators want to tell about the Minutemen everything I need to know was, was told to me and shown to me by Alan and Dave I'm fine with that and if people love Before Watchmen that's fantastic but that's not something I don't need to revisit that universe in that format to get those stories but the TV show is a different matter entirely for me
3: that makes no damn
2: sense that's fine
3: I love you but it doesn't a story that's, is a, a story is a story
2: okay that's I mean that's fine but I don't I, I consume things differently I you know it's, no I get it's it just, I just
3: don't understand it but and that, that's a conundrum right there. But I I expect that from you. But I just don't. I don't. I can't wrap my head around why the show would be a free pass and the before Watchmen. Uh. Uh-uh, uh. No way. It's the same thing.
2: Just different. No, it, it, because it's it. No. For for me, it has to do with presentation. It, it's not. It's it's not. Yeah. I mean, I could I could hear somebody tell a story and whether or not you know if they're just telling me if it's an oral story that they want to tell me and and yeah, i don't know where the story, i don't know if they've read this i don't know if they've seen this i don't know if they've experienced it i mean that, that that's one thing but but for me to actually because it's also with, with comic books with me it's it's the whole experience i'm going to sit down i'm going to turn the pages i'm going to look at the art i'm going to a comic book i can read on my leisure i'm i i however yeah there are certain beats that that, that writers have to do we talk about it with bendis how deliberate he is and he'll have somebody like you know three panels of nobody moving because that's how many beats before somebody gets to talk again so he's 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 coaching you but you could still take your time you can stop reading the comic and 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 whatever with a tv show though you got you can pause it but there's still you have 63 minutes 34 minutes however many minutes they want to tell you that story you're you're forced to go as they, they're they're telling their story and and you're and you're sitting there and you're watching it how it plays out you for me it, it all depends on that experience just like some people want to go and see certain movies in the theater because you get that experience whether it's communal experience whether it's the sound whether it's the 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 sitting in those big seats in a dark room or you can watch the same thing at home with your blinds open and the sun hitting the screen and 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 everything looks like crap. There's just there are different ways for me to consume and experience the different media. So I, I take all of that into account. I don't just say, oh okay here's a story I'm going to to read or see. I it's it's all I I use more than just the one sense I guess.
3: Okay, where's Tom? I'm
0: right here. I'm I'm. Fascinated by this,
3: yeah, I I feel like I
0: felt the same way about before Watchmen. The idea that sort of yeah, you don't need more to be said, but I'm I'm into that theory that you're saying here. But uh, but if someone I read them, I mean, if Darwin Cook's doing a superhero series, I'm going to read it.
2: Um, oh yeah, the only—it's my loss, and I—I I, I accept that, and that's fine. But it's just there are also plenty of other things that I—I I have to read that I want to read that I, I have in my possession that haven't been read. I don't—if I'm going to sit down and and read another Batman or Spider-Man or Superman mm-hmm. story, that you know, then then that's something I'm going to sit down and enjoy reading. I don't—I don't want to. If if I'm already going in with baggage because I already feel some sort of way about what I'm about to read, that that's not going to right. help anyone. It's already it's already tainted my view. I I feel like you just like for me I I
1: always feel it's impossible to have a conversation like this without feeling like a hypocrite, because just in all things relative to consumption of of media, I feel like I have clearly broken my own like if I were to tell you what I think my rules are, I've clearly broken those rules a million times. (laughs) Like it's just like like even like for example, I mentioned the CW shows. I think objectively they're terrible shows. I mean I, I think they're poor like they're formulaic and low budget and sometimes they have heart, but they're repetitive and
2: well, they also suffer from being a network show, so they're, no, they're, right. No, I'm saying, right. I think they're highly flawed, season. like
1: even, yeah. even, even judging them against like the medium of it, that they're up against <laughs> in TV, but I watch them religiously with my, cause my 11 year my, my soon to be 11 year old kid, it's like one of the things we do together and he loves them and he's innocent and he enjoys them. But like I, if, if I would, but if I, I were, I read a arrow comic or a green arrow comic or a flash comic that was of that quality i would poo poo it and forget about it and stop reading the series right so so like, i just i don't know there's always i mean or, or the whole moral dilemma of can you enjoy the work of a creator like there are people who creators who i absolutely find repugnant in their beliefs or personal behaviors and i will absolutely still consume their work and then there are others that i just can't find myself wanting to enjoy their work anymore. So it, it, it i I just I think with fandom it's 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 fanatical for a reason, right? Like we there is no heart. like you do you is basically the way I come down with all of these things. If you if you want to enjoy something or consume something, by all means do it. If you don't, by all means don't
0: Yeah. That that, that, that seems the case to me. But I mean I, I think the, the the problem with Watchmen is I mean to me Watchmen's like the Beatles. It's like how are you once no one else can sing Beatles songs except the Beatles, right? Like as many times as they're covered, it never gets that ideal again. Um,
1: and yet lots of people love the monkeys, right? I mean
0: Yeah, hey. lots of people.
3: I am trying to trying to understand what the monkeys have to do with the Beatles, but I know that was just the No, day, but day.
1: my point is that monkeys are just this this made for prefab mm-hmm. yeah. prefab yes. consumption yes. Yeah. Yeah. that just so
3: happen to be extremely talented individuals yes. on their own. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you want to see it that way. Oh, my well, God. This, it I, mean, is, I don't want to see it that issues. way. It is right. that way. I mean, thank you. Okay.
2: <laughs> Jesus. But anyway.
0: Like, but, but if you do it well, if, if, I mean, but there, but there are covers. Like, you listen to Joe Cocker's cover. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. 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 Like, so it can be done. It's just
3: it's very, very difficult. Just not by Aerosmith. Yes. <laughs> 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 I mean, there's a certain uh, standard you have to uh, reach so before you could do a Beatles cover. And... uh uh, Aerosmith, no, they did
2: not have that standard. Well, they didn't do it during their Giffen years, damn.
3: No, but they did it for that stupid Sgt. Pepper's movie that everyone associated with that thing, except for Alice Cooper, should have been shot. <laughs> you don't shoot <laughs> Alice Cooper. <laughs> no. He was drunk.
0: I sat, I sat next to him in a green room once.
3: Get out, recently?
0: It, uh, yeah, well, not uh, a year ago, Kansas City. Wow! Wow! It was one of the rare cons where they merged the actual celebrity room with the comic room green room. Usually, they keep us apart. You know, they keep the dirty comic book people apart. But they they had merged them, so there was Alice Cooper sitting in the table next to me, and it was it was difficult to eat whatever sandwich I was eating and not
3: notice anyone. Wow! I I meet Alice about every fifteen years. I run into him. I've I'm waiting for this. Iteration of the 15 year wait, but I haven't, I haven't run into him in a, in a while. But Alice seems to be a guy who I'll just be like uh, coming up. I met him when I was young and I saw him in concert and then I saw him on a golf course somewhere in, I believe it was California, uh, like 15, 20 years later. And I, I run into Alice Cooper a lot. Not a lot. It just seems, it seems like a famous person that enters my life at regular intervals. Alice Cooper's one of them. <laughs> and I'm waiting for that contemporary meeting with Alice Cooper. I hope it's not at his funeral. But...
0: Next time in the green room, I'll drop your name. I was like, remember that guy from the golf course? I know that guy.
3: He's yeah, that guy that has the same name that you do? You know, he loves you. <laughs> Whatever. All right, we're working on three hours, so we've got to just rein this puppy in.
2: Right. Do
3: we have any last salvos for Mr. King to, to bat around?
2: Uh... Uh, okay. okay you've 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 obviously i mean you've mentioned them before you've worked with some fantastic artists um and specifically on on the batman run um were there any you didn't get to work with? That you wanted to work with or that just fell through, but were there, I mean, and and, not, and, and maybe not just Batman, but I mean, you know, whether it's Walter on Vision, again on, on Omega Man, I mean, you've, you just, you have a knack for, for lucking out and and getting some fantastic illustrators, but who haven't you worked with yet?
0: I, well, I mean, I, what comes to mind is I, I did work with her, but I did three issues with Joel Jones. Right. And I thought... I didn't understand sort of how to write with her until the very end. I was like, "Oh, now I because I love her art." Jesus Christ! Oh yeah. yeah, she draws the yeah. best backgrounds in comics. She just, just she'll go crazy with these intricate, beautiful details. And um, and I don't know if you if you like out with her, but she's super cool too. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, because the first two issues, I kind of I feel like I didn't do as well with her as I should have." In the third issue, I was like, "Okay, now I get her." And then at that point, she's like, "Oh yeah, now I want to." Draw, write and draw my own stuff. I was like, oh fuck, I missed. Like, I, I feel like I could have done a, like a beautiful arc with Joel somehow on some stuff. I, I, I do miss out on that. Uh, yeah, I never got Walt on the book. I feel bad about that. Um, I wish I could have done mo- more with Tony. Tony Daniel. He he's doing. Um, he's becoming stupid artists all want to write their own shit. Tony's got a big
1: screenplay going, so he had to jump off. Early. Oh wow! Did um, you uh, read sentient Tom? Gabriel did with
0: Jeff. I have not. As soon as I go to the comic book store, I will buy it. So, I, I read all my comics digitally, and I go to comic book store like quarterly and buy just like the three hundred dollars of trades. So when I do that, <laughs> I'll, I'll get it. and I get I get um DC. I get all the comps. I get all that shit. But yeah, yeah. because I don't. I'm not near a comic book store, even though I'm in downtown DC. Mm-hmm. They're very inconvenient. So I, everything I read is digital, and that that stuff's not digital available,
1: or at least not in the apps I have. Yeah, not yet. I, I was told by I say that uh, they are going to be on a comicology soon.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I can't wait through it. I was sad because that, that's what he didn't do Batman for when I was like, hey, we have a show Batman. He's like, oh, I got, I got this coming up. I was like, "Oh fuck. Fucking Lemire.
3: <laughs> um,
0: uh, yeah, but I mean, there's... there's I, I worked with most most of DC... I got JR, JR. Um, I never did anything for Jim where I was like, for Jim Lee where I could do a few pages. Uh, when I read, I don't know if you guys read, but the Legion of Superheroes thing he did recently, where he did ten pages for for Bendis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like, I was looking, I was like, oh man, if I have ten pages of Jim doing Legion of Superheroes, this is, oh, right, that would be a gift. So, yeah, I never got to do, I never got anything with Jim, so I was kind of depressed. I would have liked to have done more with Lee, but um, he at least had some health problems he's dealing with, so. Ah. He's doing fine now. He's coming back strong. He's going to be the top of the world very soon. Okay,
2: good. Nice. No, don't
0: no, nothing to worry about. But he's he's, he's, he's taking care of himself.
2: Good. Lee's the best. I the, the 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 twelve angry men arc was was absolutely fantastic. I, I, that I love the whole jury aspect of it. But the um, I bet even even the annuals and, and and of course the the Porky Pig special. There's just been. I mean, yeah, you've it's. I'm gonna look back on it and, and it's just been one great issue after another and and, and and thank you tons for uh for killing us in the um in the run.
0: Thanks. I feel like I made more people cry with my run than anyone else, so
2: at least I have that. Hell no. <laughs> well not not us at least.
0: There you go, good. Not has, yet. You haven't read the last one yet.
3: Has the uh the Campbell the quarterback thing been put to rest? Is he gonna like die at the end <laughs> of the the your your last Batman issue is Campbell. You're I you going to spear him? I don't know would be neat.
0: Uh, you guys haven't read Batman eighty five. It comes out tomorrow. But yeah, Batman eighty five begins and ends with Batman and Kite Man in a bar watching Campbell um, try to make a comeback in the fourth quarter. Nice. <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> you and are a loyal friend. I will say that. Yeah, we will forever thank you for killing us off in this run as well. Well, we that. should die.
3: I
0: feel
1: like I've especially used it quite McKellar. a few
3: times.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: especially with the daughter. That's
0: not bad. Yeah, no, you, you, you guys, you, you'll, you'll die again. Don't worry.
3: Excellent. Oh, fine. nice, nice. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for listening to this uh, with Mr. King. Remember, if you want to get your books, get them fast and get them delivered right to your door. Go to Discount Comic Book Service, service dot uh T uh, from IDW you have uh Janica, number one for two forty nine, Archie Meets the B fifty twos for a dollar ninety nine and from Dark Horse Hidden Society number one for a dollar ninety nine. That's dcbservice.com. I don't have an in your travel. Well, I do have an in your travels, but I'm saving it for cool. an episode we're going to record soon. I will just say if um my two brothers haven't read it yet. I think you should read Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 93 to 100.
1: Mm, The the City
3: at War storyline is great. But uh, it's IDW, so they're very sneaky. There is a book that ties into the last issue of, or issue 100 of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that was never solicited as being important. And it is. And it is so i won't say what it is because it may lead your mind down certain roads but mm-hmm. if you care to know i will tell you after we're done recording okay but read city at war because it's awesome dave wachter never looks better and it's the storyline is great and i want to talk about it more but i can't until at least David reads it. I don't see okay. Jason reading it, but whatever.
1: Wow, insulting. It's true
3: though. Tell me it's not true.
1: I just gushed about a teenage mutant Ninja turtles book last week.
3: I know, but I just said ninety-three to one hundred and you went mm. Mm. like like there was one last piece of poop well, no, just I mean, crested. That's
1: eight issues You're asking me to read eight, eight issues. No, I thought you were gonna tell me read issue one
2: hundred. And there's and was, a couple okay. of them that are like extra, extra size. No,
3: I'm i I'm asking you to read <laughs> nine issues with the free comic book day, plus four issues of something at five issues of something else. That fact, it's about 15 issues, at mm, least. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. I know yeah. you.
0: Yeah. I have a Dave Wachter piece on my wall right now. You can see from here. Steve.
3: He's so All good. Right, hey. He's so freaking good. So, yeah. Read Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's it.
2: Go. Do something. Oh, man. <laughs> um, in your travels, um... Yeah, I mean, I, I caught up on um, on Batman, and, and actually, I read uh, Annual Number no. Three over the weekend. Um, and but yeah, I think uh, I'm just going to say uh, what I did read today though was um, the second issue of Far Sector by um, N.K. Jemison and Jamal Campbell, which of course continues the Young Animal. Green Lantern, um, story and it's still, um, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm liking how we're, um, we're getting to know this Green Lantern who's getting to know this worlds of worlds. She's, she's been, um, thrown into and, and how, um, we're all learning who these different aliens are and what they do and, and why they do what they do. And it just looks absolutely fantastic. Um, and I, I really like um, the character development we're seeing with, with, with not just Joe, but also um, the supporting cast. And, and it's, um, and yeah, I, I think I've said it looks fantastic, but far sector still enjoying it. If, um if you, we're toying around with the idea of, of jumping on, um, we're starting it. Definitely. Um, get to it.
1: Nice. Uh, Oh yeah. And, and I, I have to tell you that, uh, as you know, I did not pre-order issue number one, but you sold me on it and it's, uh, it's an awesome book. So nice. you, uh, you, you, got DC one sale there. Um, in your travels, couple things. First of all, um, if you are one of the many people who participated in the EOC gift exchange, ping Mr. Steven water who runs it and give him a, a little hug. Cause I think it's a great thing that he, uh, he did. It's very fun seeing everybody go on the Facebook group and post their, uh, halls and man, you all are setting the bar high. I mean, people are sending like basically entire comic rooms now yeah. uh, in boxes. It's crazy. <laughs> it is absolutely crazy, but it's awesome. Um, so thanks to Steven for that, especially, you know, feeling the festivities, Um, Also, uh, on that front, hugely excited today about the launch of thefarside.com, the official Internet home for Gary Larson's Larson's amazing comic strip, which we have talked about in the past when we did our comic strip show. But um, this is going to be the repository where you can go and read all of Gary's prior work on The Far Side. But far more importantly, starting early next year, 2020, Gary will be doing new Farside comics for the first time in a long time, so that is awesome.
0: I read that today too. I thought it was like stuff from his journal, though. Is it actually new? No, but
1: he's he's going to do he's going to he's not going to put he's not committing to a regular schedule, but he's going to put new new panels up whenever he whenever it strikes him.
0: That is insane. It's insane that he's alive somewhere and has.
1: (laughs) <laughs> um,
0: his, his stuff is so good and he's just like I made a bunch of money I'm taking 20 years off and then I'll come back That's
1: crazy. 100% yeah and then um, this is, this is kind of cool I'm excited about this um, I spent a good chunk of time on the Patreon site going through and reading Astro City issue to issue and reviewing it uh, for the patrons and then talking about it here or there on the show because I hadn't read Astro City as it was coming out And similarly, although I have read some of this, I haven't read uh, the bulk of it, but even though I own it all, so starting in 2020, I'm going to uh, launch another version of that, only this time I'm going to be reviewing, in chronological order, um, the Hellboy series, so I'm going to start with Seed of Destruction and go from there. Take you issue by issue. Maybe, maybe arc by arc. I'm not sure. We'll have to see because I own a lot of it in collected form. So we'll have to see if it makes sense to do it more in, in terms of arcs than it does issues. But either way, uh, I will be spending a lot of time on the Patreon in 2020 uh, trying to catch up with uh, several decades of Hellboy goodness. Nice.
0: Speaking of John Byrne doing indie, he scripted the first arc, right?
2: Yes. He, he did, yeah. Hellboy showed up at Nextman.
0: Men. Yeah, that's right.
1: Do I get to do one?
2: We would love it.
0: Um, I just finished a comic book history book. Does that count?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Uh, so Tom Spurgeon died, which was depressing. Yes. Um, and uh, so I decided to read his book, uh, We Told You So, which is the oral history of Fanographics. Mm hmm. And it, it's huge. It's freaking 600 pages of. Um, I don't know. It took it, t- it took forever, but uh, I very much enjoyed it for it's 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 um, a, a type of comics I, history I hadn't sort of learned sort of the these sort of indie wannabe artists. I had read a lot of comics journals um, retroactively, and to sort of see the stories behind those and the bizarre controversies that came up and. Um, how they were sued. And it, it, I, I very much enjoyed this book. If you want to just look at this sort of an alternative look, at, it's like looking at comic history through a different lens that I had never looked at it before and I incredibly enjoyed. Yeah.
3: Um, You'll never be able to separate the word my, the words Michael Fleischer and Bugfuck ever again.
1: No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and, and on that front, by the way, um, We Told You So is available to anyone that has Comixology Unlimited for free.
0: Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, I, I read the stupid big-ass hardcover. And stuff, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, well, I, I, I cannot way, say but... how much I want to have lunch with Gary Groth. That guy's an, an amazing, bizarre figure
3: in the history of comics.
1: That's true. That's one way to describe him. It's true. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody.
3: Hey, Tom, thank you for doing this. Thank you for being here with us. We love you so much. And uh, people.
0: Thank you, guys. I Merry Christmas. you guys and all the incredible content you provide. You guys rock.
3: But re- remember, oh. most importantly, Batman 85 comes out tomorrow, or today, oh. depending... On. Most
0: important, Strange Adventures comes out in March, and you can pre-order it now.
3: Oh, yeah, I was getting there. Strange oh. Adventures, come on.
0: Get on the ground floor. Gibbs
1: on the art. Oh, boy. Oh, some, of the it, Mitch it's pages.
0: some of it's on paper. Some of it's on paper.
1: I heard. I heard it's going to be some on paper. So it Mitch
0: is. gave me a page. I got a page right here sitting next to me. Mm.
3: Respect. And in the meantime... Come with us to the Facebook and Twitter and Reddit and Instagram and the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. All of it, we're there for you. Uh, it wouldn't be possible to do this without you. And I'm pointing at you back in the corner, picking your nose. So uh, <laughs> we we got to thank Tom. We got to say good night. Good night. David. Mm hmm. Alright. David. You don't know it, to... but the ding was—I yeah. didn't do it. Martial Law did it with his oh, nice. gi- with his giant bat. <laughs> my vinyl Martial Law went ding and did nice. it for you. So there you go. That was perfect. But again, thanks, Tom. Love you.
0: Oh, you guys are the best. It was very much fun. Sorry, I was so honest. I fucking hate being honest. I should have lied and said, buy my books.
3: And uh, and on that note, we're out of (laughs) here.
2: Later, bye.
1: Peace.